0: ladies and gentlemen welcome into another episode of the fantasy four stringers I am your co-host wink and I am your co-host Ozan welcome in uh, glad to have you guys we're gonna kick uh, kick this episode off today with uh, well just some week uh, week three previews it's gonna be fun a lot of good games um, looking forward to it and we are getting now into the kind of the meat grinder of the season so glad to have you guys in Tennessee's already gone through it <laughs> Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gase deserves another chance. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round.
1: All right, back with another full slate of games this weekend. Um, I don't know how big of a fan you were of the Thursday game outside of the George Pickens catch, but Cleveland gets it done 29-17 against the Steelers. I don't know that I expected Pittsburgh to win that game,
0: but... It was a bad beat, that fumble at the end Yeah, for a lot of people. For me, it was yeah. good. I had uh, Cleveland's defense in a league, so I was... Sure, give me the extra points. It was a welcome uh, touchdown, but...
1: Yeah, Nick Chubb continues to dominate.
0: Yeah, he looks really good. I love it. Looks really Send really good. Send Cream Hunt out of town and let him take over. I think uh I think they've found the formula that they want to roll with going forward. Yeah, it's good.
1: has got a nice little team there.
0: Yep. They've you know, they're strong at most positions and they can really run the ball, whether it's Chubb or Hunt. They they can interchange those two almost almost anytime they want, and they still be able to run the offense the way they will, that they want to run it. It doesn't really matter who's out there. So um, obviously Chubb is the running back that you want to be starting of the two, but I mean, both have value. I mean, a lot of people are going to be starting Hunt in the flex for, for you know, a lot of weeks this year. I know I've been doing it the first right. three, three weeks of the year. So, and that's a
1: terrifying scenario. And you have two borderline RB ones. I mean, Chubb's bona fide and Hunt would probably be an RB one on over half of yeah. teams in the NFL. And when you have two of those guys, it's pretty nice luxury to have because you would kill for oh, two yeah. guys of that caliber on your fantasy team that weren't on different teams obviously cuz a lot of people have both if they have one or the other. It,
0: it hurts it hurts to have hunt knowing that he's never going to be more than an RB2 unless Which, he and trio or And you know, he can, and you gets know hurt. he can be. Yep, he's got the talent. You know he can he you know he can produce as a top 5 running back. He's done it before. Yeah, absolutely. So No, I uh I I really like what they're doing offensively and their defense is good. Pittsburgh I think is in a lot of trouble, you know, with so many of their key pieces being, you know, hurt and that qb situation is just really not good trubisky's not he's not showing it and he never has i mean i I
1: don't know what you expected there
0: i I don't know what i don't know what they expect anything i I didn't yeah i don't know what they thought you are you are kenny pickett
1: Pickett season all over the place i have been yeah love kenny pickett
0: i and it's not even so much that i think kenny pickett's gonna be you know the next fucking aaron Rodgers, but I just think that there's no way he can play worse than what Trubisky's doing Kenny right
1: now. Kenny small gloves, baby.
0: Seriously, I mean what's what what at this point now they're what, 0 and three? No, they're one and two because they they won uh, week Yeah. One. uh barely. How <laughs> <laughs> like what
1: it just falls down to the belief in Mike Tomlin and the fact that they haven't had a losing record since he took over. I just don't – I don't <laughs>
0: see that. I don't see how they think they could get significantly worse by putting Pickett out there. They're, no. they're already getting nothing from Trubisky, so it's like, well, at and some they point, still
1: have Mason Rudolph sitting there. It's like, when are you going to give up on one of those? Still? Why did you take a shot on both?
0: I don't. I don't think that Trubisky starts the entire season. I don't know that.
1: I don't know that. I don't know any can, sane head coach would do that.
0: And if if Tom is legit trying to win games, at some point it's going to come down to you know him. Trubisky's being a, he's a hindrance for the offense.
1: I think the L's need to start chalking up, and then very shortly They'll after, there. if they, I would say his leash, especially if they win the next or lose the next two games, is two games. Something like that, right? Probably week five, week six, maybe. That's um, usually about the time they pull the plug plug because there's still enough time to turn it around if you really believe in your team. Something needs to change. And it's long enough where you feel like you can justify to him that you gave him a chance before you just pulled the plug.
0: And I will say Najee looked for for as much as I've dogged Najee this year with the the foot injury and things like that. He looked pretty good in in week three, but he's not sustaining. He doesn't look explosive.
1: Not even compared to last year. He's not nearly as fast as he was last
0: year. You can tell that's hindering him. And he doesn't have Big Ben checking down all the time either. So that's also hurt a little bit of his value. But he still still runs hard and he still runs with power. He's going to be the goal line guy. So it's like, you know, you're still going to get something out of him. But um, I was – I, I still think you know one wrong cut, and that foot is obliterated, and now he's you know he's out for the year. So I'm I'm still nervous about him, but um, I will say that he's he's showing me something anyway.
1: I suppose that you could say one wrong cut, one wrong cut could blow anyone's foot up, but in his case, what he means by that is the probability of that happening to him right now is so much higher than any other
0: top tier running back that the worry with Najee is very real. Yeah, I mean, any of these guys could get hurt on one play. That's all it takes with a lot of these guys. But, I mean, would you rather Would you rather be starting a running back that's coming into the season hurt? With a Liz Frank, nonetheless. With a, with a Liz Frank injury or starting somebody that maybe isn't quite on the same level, but he's fully healthy. And had a freak injury, and that's just how it happens because that's football. We all understand that. We've all had
1: guys go out for the year. But when it comes to taking an educated guess here, Every single sign seems to be pointing to the fact that Najee's not going to make it through this season, and that's, I think that that's what he meant by that. That's for sure. That's what worries me cut. with with
0: Najee is is just like he he. Anytime you're coming in the season, and you're already hurting with an injury that can be easily turned into a season ender. Um, it, it just worries. it'd be the same thing if he had a knee problem, you know, um, you know, if he had like a strained ACL or something. It's like oh that. That's a big red flag Or
1: Jameis with four fractured vertebrae.
0: Jameis is in the same boat right now as I think Najee is for me, where as much it's as It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. How, I, I how, how could you trust a guy with four fractured vertebrae to get through a season I mean, and play well?
1: Hats off to him for even playing through that in Week 2. Yeah. Because I can't imagine, one, the, the nervousness brain. of knowing you're fully exposed on a full extension throw and knowing that someone could kill you in your four fractured vertebrae. Or just the fact that every time he throws, you know
0: he's wincing in pain. Right. Yeah, so I, it's the same thing with Jameis, I think. Yeah. And it's with him because he's, as the quarterback, obviously, he's got his his reaches. I mean, he's got his hands on the ball all the time. And the rest of the offense is sort of dictated on his ability to succeed as well. So now that Jameis is banged up, if they, if he continues to play, it's like, how much do you how much do i you know do you want to downgrade michael thomas or chris olave and some of those olave got a lot of targets last week too i like that but um when you got a quarterback that's dealing with that type of an injury too it's like fuck man i i have trouble now trusting the rest of the passing game options in that offense sure. um even in camara's hurt like that whole offense could be sputtering for a while mm mm-hmm. mhm but, we'll,
1: we'll get into them, baby. Yeah, um, I guess we can kick off the noon games, though. I feel like we can probably go through injuries as we cover each game, as yeah. opposed to one long list. Yeah, there's there's it's a lot of a lot of
0: question marks. Um, there's been a few people ruled out, but I mean, I mean, most of this is you know, it's like one name to mention. That's about it. So, um, kick it off. We, what what uh, what game are we talking about first?
1: I think we got to start off with actually one of the kickoffs, or like arguably the best games of the week. And it's at noon. It's the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Yeah,
0: it might be the best game of the week.
1: Um, Here's what I'll say. Miami blew up with a crazy comeback last week. Both wide receivers had over 170 yards and two touchdowns. I think that you can expect a huge game from the passing offense again in Miami this week.
0: Buffalo secondary is beat up.
1: Beat up. Trey White is still obviously out. Micah Hyde is out for the season now. Um and what's his name jordan poyer is questionable with a foot injury so regardless if jordan poyer plays he's still going to be lingering and not up to speed the way he should be because his foot injury so that's three of your four starters out of the secondary and your three best secondary pieces all out for tomorrow's game if that happens and buffalo secondaries are laced up against Jalen waddle and tyree kill i don't think problem. it bodes well do i think that Buffalo will be able to get the pass rush going, yeah, but do I think that Miami's offense completely fits into that with wheel, dump, all these different drag routes, little tiny slant routes, and give it into Tyreek and Jalen Waddle in space and hope that they can make some guys miss? I think that bodes well for them either way, depending on how they play this game. They can yeah, play it mean, the way they played last week or run it that way, and they'll have success either way. I think it's still going to be a big day for Miami's passing offense.
0: I mean, that's to a strong suit is like the short game anyway. So if that's what they're going to want to do no matter what, um, I think that there's room for them to have success for sure. And Cedric
1: Wilson's out for Miami, so it's going to be an even bigger target share for both Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill obviously you're starting both of them if you have them but i could see some increased target share with mike gasecki here yeah i just anyone sure. that's starting for miami tomorrow in the passing game i would be all about even the pass catching running back i am a okay with that
0: yeah gasecki i think because they played him in the slot quite a bit the last couple of years granted it was a different head coach but um cedric wilson being out it's like okay well we can throw gasecki out there and as a slot receiver he's got experience doing that um i think he's a kind of a Sneaky upside option, actually. Um, I actually
1: love any – a lot of people get scared because of Buffalo's defense being the number one drafted defense for the most part this year and how good Buffalo has worked as a defense overall, I guess would be the best way that I could put that, this year through the first two weeks, that you would be scared to start someone playing against Buffalo. I would be ecstatic if I had either the Miami wide receivers tomorrow or Gusecki.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously those the two receivers are must-starts at this point until – you know until we see some sort of drastic change in their offense but i mean you're you're starting both of them every week going forward absolutely um, and i think there's Gisicki.
1: potential for not the same game as last week but somewhat similar i think one of them's going for over 150
0: yeah Gis- i guess could have a really good game tomorrow too i think um chase edmonds has like their pass catching back i think he could have some work as well he he usually you know dominates sort of those third down roll kind of touches anyway yep um yeah, I think I think this is going to be a really fun game no matter what happens from
1: a fan perspective yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think it's
0: going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, I think
1: I'm starting everyone on Buffalo as well. Yeah. Best offensively, you have to Gabriel yep. Davis. I might look into some different options who might have better matchups just because one he's coming <laughs> off injury and two Miami's secondary isn't the worst in the NFL so i don't know that gabriel davis has the talent to separate clearly stephon diggs is going to get his either way i think, I think stephon diggs succeeds i
0: think way. i think diggs because of especially the now coming off of last too. week he's going to command so much attention that i think there's going to be room for guys like davis and crowder um and like isaiah mckenzie to kind of they're going to they're going to have to have some opportunities because you can't teams are not going to allow buffalo to target diggs you know 15 times a game because we've seen what happens when you do. He will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do I do think that somebody, one of the secondary pass catchers, whether it's Knox, McKenzie, Davis, um, Crowder, somebody's going to score a touchdown in that group. Somebody's going to have a pretty good game. I just don't know who it's going to be. Um, and then the running backs for Buffalo, I think at this point, because they, the way that they're rotating him and, and, and shit like that, is I, I don't think I want a part of any, any one of the three. Singletary is probably the best bet, but they mix those three in and out quite a bit, and they're not exactly a run-first team anyway. Mm. Um, I think you know a lot of people, the hope was that Singletary would dominate the touches like he did at the end of last season. I don't think Buffalo wants to do that.
1: I don't think they do either because they see the trend (laughs) with a
0: lot of teams going heavy on one running back, and what ends up happening
1: is that either that guy gets hurt or he stops producing as well because he's taken so many hits throughout the year.
0: I think they'd rather pay... Two to three running backs, you know, like decent running backs, you know, market value money rather than paying one running back, you know, $10 million to come in and and take a bunch of the work. And like I said, because this offense isn't really run heavy, they're not reliant on any one person in that group. So I think that's their their game plan is not to, you know, for any one of the running backs to get 20 touches. I I think it's going to be rare that you see that. And it's going to be kind of a crapshoot week to week on, you know, you're going to be betting on who scores a touchdown, and it could be any one of them. So it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, I will say I will stay away from the Buffalo defense,
1: and I would stay for the Miami away from the Miami defense as well.
0: Miami, I'm not touching. Buffalo's defense, I would still play. I wouldn't. But... You're not gonna I don't they're th- gonna
1: get lit up in the passing game. I just I can't bet I, on that.
0: I don't think you're gonna get a fifteen point game out of them. And Ed Oliver
1: and Jordan Phillips are both out. So the front seven is lacking.
0: Yeah, you're
1: especially in the run game. They I, I just this recipe bodes for a shootout. The Bills yeah. probably end up winning still because they're the better overall team, but this bodes for an absolute shootout. I
0: think Josh Allen leads a late game touchdown drive to seal it. And Buffalo wins probably like in, uh, let's say, 35-31. Like yep, that's what and I'm thinking. Um, something like that wouldn't shock me at all. I, think, I do think there's a very good chance that both teams get in the 30s this week.
1: Mm-hmm. With that being said, on to another dumpster fire yeah. of a game. Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Um, This is going to be interesting. I Because we've seen two completely different teams from Minnesota. And Detroit is like still; they're not quite there, but they're pretty close to being a team that can compete for like a playoff spot and win games. They always play us tough, anyway. Um, I'm. I could see this also becoming a shootout.
1: <clears throat> I see another big game from Amara. I think Harrison Smith and Andrew Booth out. Not that Andrew Booth is like a quality starter, but he's a rotational piece. Well, he's,
0: he's a piece for us that needs to start because yeah. we don't have much else. I I see this game, yeah, being relatively like a
1: 28-27 or 31-28 game as well. I think this is going to be extremely close. Yep. The Lions have a lot of foundational pieces, questionable. DeAndre Swift with an ankle, Hawkinson with a hip, Ragnow with a foot, and Hutchinson with a thigh. Those are all four players they need to play and produce if they want any chance of keeping this dream run, quote unquote, season
0: of alive. If if two or three of those guys, for whatever reason, can't go, <clears throat> can't go, that changes everything. I think yes. Minnesota is then kind of a heavy favorite. But I love
1: me some DeAndre Swift if he goes. Yeah. And Amon Ra.
0: Those those two guys are going to be cornerstones to that offense going forward yeah i'm
1: out of jared goff as a streamer this week i think minnesota's defense is too solid overall and the ability to um score on offense as well could get this game out of hand pretty easily and a lot of people could say yeah if the game gets out of hand
0: easily they're gonna throw more but do you want jared goff throwing the ball 50 times a game you don't yes so and detroit doesn't want that they're gonna try to you know they're their game plan is going to be ball control and pretty much any game that they play it's um, you know they're going to win by keeping it close and hanging in there running the ball controlling the clock hopefully playing good defense uh, and and just you know hoping that they make just enough plays to, to to get out with a win um i really hope that the vikings specifically on defense because against philly they they did not make enough changes to what they were doing. You just Mm -hmm. saw it over and over and over again where Hertz would just hit somebody on a, like a, a quick hitch fucking slant or a cross. And then they're running for an extra eight yards. They're just giving them way too much separation, way too much room. And I know that they have some athletes that you have, you have to respect the athleticism and the the talent there, but in Detroit's not in the level of Philly. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the lack of, you know, adjustments and things being made is concerning. Uh, I, I, I do think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in either direction, and I, I kind of, I, I do get the sense it'll be a, somewhat of a shootout. I, I, I really think that there's going to, for fantasy wise, there's going to be value in a lot of, a lot of parts of this game. I know I said last week that I think Thielen was going to have a big game against Philly. That really did not happen. Um, I, I do think that's coming at some point though. They yeah. have. They have to get some guys other than just Jefferson involved. Cook hasn't done much to to start the year. Thielen hasn't done a fucking thing. KJ Osborne, KJ Osborne hasn't done anything. The offensive line I looked okay. Um, so it, it's not necessarily like a protection issue. It's not necessarily a run blocking problem. It's a skill problem. They're just not. They're just not getting these guys involved in ways that matter. And you know, McConnell's young, and he's he's. I'm sure he's learning on the fly you know he's 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 a new head coach he's a rookie
1: he's Nathaniel Hackett 2.0
0: oh he's better than Hackett i'll tell you that
1: no he's a hack i'll say that I don't Oh,
0: know. you put fucking you put hackett on this uh viking squad and they're 2 and 0 oh. they're 0 oh and 2 and it's not even close you put McConnell in denver and russell wilson's the early season mvp candidate right now you might have already won it <laughs> um no not it's yet. it's going to be a fun game i think um
1: and I'm not starting either of the defenses again. I think no. Detroit's too spirited of a team. They're not an easy out anymore. Everyone thinks Detroit's obviously just going to be an easy out based on the last couple years. And Dan Campbell's done a nice job of changing that identity to where they don't think they're an easy out either. And no, they're, they're bought in. Yeah, they, they might lose a lot of games. They might they won't lose as many as they typically have in years past, but they still might end up going like a five and 12 or whatever. But and I, they're going to be in a lot more games than they were last year. for And sure. that culture is changing.
0: If, if they lose 10 games or double digit games again this year, I would be willing to bet right now that at least half of those double digits are, are going to be score? one score or less. Yeah. <clears throat> I would, I would call that right now and I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad about making that bet. Uh, Whatsoever.
1: All right. Well, see what kind of bets
0: you have for Baltimore at New England. Um, my bet is on Baltimore. Baltimore by a million. Has to be right. This Uh, is a get-right game. I say that. My initial, my initial thought is like, yeah, Baltimore, hundred percent. And then I think too, it's like, well, the fucking the Patriots just find ways to keep games ugly. Like they get you, even if they're not as good as you. Dog shit. They get you to play down to their level, and so that's kind of what i expect. i think this could be low scoring. um i don't think you're going to see, you know, a game like last week with baltimore where it's a fucking shootout in the fourth quarter. you know, new england can't really support that anyway. no. so lore. yeah, this i i think new england's going to go run heavy in this game. they're going to try to keep baltimore off the field because they have to if they want to win they can't i don't think they can hang with the offense in baltimore. I think no Harrison, Harrison Stevenson, I think are the only two pieces of the New England offense that I would even consider starting. And yeah, I'm out on even, all, even Harris is like a flex at best right now. So oh,
1: I'm more Harrison Stevenson here just sure. because Stevenson gets a lot of the goal line work in the past, obviously the pass catching too, but the goal line work, and I don't think they're going to be near the goal line a lot. So I think there's going to be a lot of in between the twenties running. And I think that that's where Harris succeeds more so than Stevenson does.
0: Yeah. No, that outside of that, there's not a pass catcher in that group that I really like. I know Jacoby Myers had a bunch of targets last week, but he in week one he didn't do a fucking thing. And because there's really not like an established alpha in that receiving group, yeah. you don't know who's going to be the, the ghost guy of Evan and Keel Harry. Yeah, you you don't know who's going to be the guy getting 12 targets this week. It could be it could be Myers, it could be Aguilar, it could be Kendrick Bourne. You don't fucking know, and I don't think anybody really knows except for maybe Mac
1: Jones has to show me something too. He's taken no steps to progress in year two that have shown me any kind of belief that he's going to be consistently getting better. Yeah. And until that happens, new England's offense is a complete no go for me. Honestly, New England as a fantasy perspective altogether is a no go for me. I'm not even looking at their defense either
0: there. It's no defensively. Nope. It's it's Harrison Stevenson are the only two that I would even roster.
1: They're a very meh team. Yep. And as far as Baltimore goes, big Bateman guy this week,
0: I'm, I've am i been saying it, I'm I'm all in on Bateman this year.
1: Duvernay's going to continue to produce, we just don't know how he's going to get it because half of his fantasy points were from the opening kickoff yeah, last he, week, and you can't bet on that all year.
0: Duvernay's always, I think, going to be a low-volume, high-boom-or-bust sort of guy.
1: I think that they're going to continue to give him opportunities in space, whether it be the weird gadget plays like Jet Sweeps and... Giving him the opportunity on punt and kick return or whatever, so that upside's still there because he is explosive. But I think you just need more consistency as a genuine wide receiver,
0: and that's 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 where he lacks, and that's where the consistency is going to be all over the board with him. Um, because in the first two weeks, he's had six targets. Now he scored three times, and twice was twice in week one. But last week, he only had two targets in the passing game, and even if you're, even if you're housing the fucking, the opening kickoff and getting, you know, you're getting six points out of them there, but if you're only getting two targets for 25 yards um, to boot, it's really tough to count on, you know, because you, obviously, you can't, there's no way to predict special teams touchdowns, and even at, at best, what does he give you, maybe four, four return touchdowns this year on punts and kicks, and if he's if he's getting two or three targets a game in the passing game on a low volume passing team um that that's where my problem with Duvernay lies. I think he's obviously he's talented enough that they didn't feel the need to go out and address the wide receiver position. They traded away Marquise Brown. Um that says a lot about how they feel like about Bateman and Duvernay as a pair. Uh but I just the 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 lack of volume there is concerning for me. And so then, until until we see him, the the targets start coming more like five, six, seven a game. I it's going to be tough for him to return, you know, starting starting level value. I
1: think. Well, hey, you need opportunity. We always preach that, and we are all about it here. So unless you get a consistent opportunity, it's hard to bet on a guy like that.
0: That's that's just it. He's worthy of being on a on a bench. He's definitely you know rosterable if you want to call him that. Um. But he's a bench stash right now, and and obvi- the offense has t- a ton of upside. So he's the type of he's a perfect stash type of player uh, for right now, because um, he can still give you those boom weeks. And during when buys start hitting and injuries when they do happen, you 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 can play him. Um, but like I said, until you see some more targets coming his way, it's gonna be tough week to week to be able to say yeah, okay, I can throw him in the lineup. Uh, the rest, Andrews. the rest of that offense though, this week from. Obviously, Lamar is a must-start. Andrews is a must-start. J.K. Dobbins, I think I would proceed with caution.
1: I would start him, I think. As a flex. You're wait, you're, yeah, you're wait, you've been waiting on him since you drafted him to play him, obviously. And I,
0: I think that they've been slow playing his return because they want him coming back closer to 100%, as close to 100% as possible. Obviously, that's the intention with any injury. But And him um,
1: healthy is most likely a better flex play than anything that you have.
0: Yeah, so. and they... Because his injury was a pretty significant knee injury. It's not like he just just tore an ACL. It was like a multi-ligament and meniscus tear. So, I mean, he's been out for like 14 months, Mm -hmm. 15 months. Um, It's a a more significant thing. So, obviously, they're going to, you know, they're going to, like I said, proceed with caution. But the fact that they're going to have to get him out there sometime and I think the lack of running game options that they have outside of Lamar right now... Mm -hmm. He's if he looks if he looks anywhere near a hundred percent he's gonna he should be dominating touches right off the bat I just don't know if he's gonna get enough his first game back to to warrant if he's gonna return flex you know or RB two type of numbers but he'll get there hundred percent you know next week the week after as he starts to kind of get more comfortable and you know trust his body I think a little bit more and get yep. take take a few hits and get used to the contact again um I think he'll be a solid RB2 because they they need that running game option they don't have it right now outside of Lamar and you can't you can't rely on Lamar to run for 100 yards a game I mean you you're starting can, quarterback you well, can but it's going to get predictable it's and it, he's your franchise quarterback you 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 I know that he gives you that dynamic playmaking ability but you also you have to limit the the exposure to hits with guys like well, him. and
1: the exposure to the fact that you you are running these plays that are trying to get him open in space because teams are going to be watching for that, and the big plays don't happen if they're ready for
0: it. Yeah, it, if teams don't respect like that zone read, it's really hard to get Lamar. Um, it's really hard to get him open space, and and you know you can't you. You can't expect him to break a 75-yarder in every week.
1: I'd assume 99% of offensive plays, there's a quarterback spy on him. So There, there should be. Yeah, there
0: there must be. But I yeah, think Baltimore yeah. wins. I I, I wouldn't um, be shocked if it's a close game and low scoring, but I, Baltimore's the better team, so I, they, they should win this game.
1: And even with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters dealing with injuries, I still hate every single person on New England's
0: passing offense. Yeah, they're, that passing offense I'm not touching. Unless somebody comes out of the woodwork and, and – you know, just starts getting hyper targeted, but that I highly, highly doubt that's going to happen. All right, into another interesting game
1: here, and not for the reasons we would have thought of going in week one. Um, Cincinnati
0: at New York. That's what I was hoping you were going to go the with the
1: Jets. Since this, he's coming off of a shit start, zero and two back to back
0: bad losses. Too. This should be a beatdown. It should, it should be. be,
1: especially because the Bengals injuries right now. The only person out is Drew Sample.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not like you can even have the the excuse of saying like wow our offensive line is really beat up and just been a really slow start for Cincy. The Super Bowl hangover is real. Yep. Yeah, they're they're too talented I think to to just completely shit the bed on the season but I, they got to they got to get some shit going. This could be a statement game.
1: Though. I do think this is a get right game as well. Um I don't there's no absolutely no business for Cincinnati to lose this game even on the road. It's not like the MetLife is a super tough place to play. Yeah, New York fans are horrible, but Cincinnati should be used to playing in harsh road environments, being the sixth seed last year and having to go on the road for every single game they
0: played. Well, and they play in Pittsburgh and they play in Baltimore too. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are, those are rivalry are For the games. most part, so. yeah.
1: And even Cleveland is not the greatest place to play. Either. Right. So um, I will say from an injury perspective, they're in good shape. There's no reason Cincinnati should drop this game. Um Joe Flacco, though.
0: Who is this fucking guy?
1: Good for him. (laughs) How old (laughs) old is Joe Flacco? uh, How old is Tom Brady? Double it.
0: (laughs) He feels like it, right?
1: Yeah, he really does. He feels older than Tom Brady, and he's not, which is crazy to me. Um, But he's been playing really well. Obviously, Zach Wilson continues to be out. Corey Davis is questionable. Um, And CJ Uzma is also questionable, as well as their left tackle, George Fant. So from the offensive side of the football... Joe Flacco is going from a little to almost nothing here. If these guys don't end up going, will he continue to sustain with people like Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore and Garrett
0: Wilson? I sure hope so. But <clears throat> I, the only, the lone real bright spot in the jets for fantasy right now is Garrett Wilson. after yeah. the first. Well, week one, he was okay. He did get some targets, but last week he exploded. He was, you know, we mentioned him in the, the last episode a little bit as a, a heavy waiver target. Mm-hmm. There's a, People were throwing money at him, like, left and right. Um, I think he's a clear-cut number one there.
1: Uh, yeah, I think he's proved it. As I mean, this game will be a telltale sign, too. Yeah,
0: this for sure.
1: If that was just a game script kind of an option where they th- yep. saw a lot of matchups going into week two that they knew that they could expose with Garrett Wilson, or if this is going to be a continued success thing, if Joe Flacco can keep making these throws and he can keep getting open, I have no problem streaming Garrett Wilson my flex position season long.
0: Yeah, I've... I've I expect the targets to continue to come his way. I I don't think you're going to see him get you know 13 targets no. or whatever every every week. Obviously, you can't expect that. But um, I think at this point, he has separated himself from Elijah Moore as like the top yes. top dog.
1: I think Elijah Moore is two and he is one. And and, and more, both know it. Don't
0: get me wrong, Elijah Moore is a great number two option. They're both super young. I think they have a lot of upside as a pair down the road um, if they can figure out somebody that can get him the ball consistently.
1: Odd man out, Corey Davis. So if he is questionable and doesn't play, that just gives both these guys yeah. tremendous opportunity in this matchup.
0: One other jet that I should mention, because I don't think he's on most people's radar unless he's... you're absolutely having to stream, not Brees Hall. He's going to be okay, I think. Uh, Tyler Conklin. Okay. Because They do th- love him there. And and they signed both him and Uzuma. Uzuma's hurt. <clears throat> and Conklin's gotten six to eight targets, I want to say, in each of the first two weeks. Sure. And it's it's not like they're high value targets because they're not scoring a ton of targets points, are but,
1: targets when it comes to low end tight ends
0: and exactly if you're looking for a streamer and you're gonna get six or eight targets out of a streaming I'll tight take end that every
1: day of the week that's he's, Hayden Hurst level
0: he's producing and I honestly I think there's I think that's his role there yeah I on think the other side
1: of it too I guess now that I mentioned him Hayden Hurst from Cincy too is another
0: another great streamer this week yeah yeah
1: he's gotten a lot of targets the first two weeks as well. And that's the most you can ask for from a tight end. You didn't spend any draft capital on yeah. the fact that they're going to even have an opportunity to get the targets to try to score. And they both have very potential or very real upside with the potential for several, many targets for both of them.
0: Yeah. I think Hurst is in a really good position there because with an offensive line, that's struggling as much as they are in, in Cincy and, and you know, they want to get T Higgins and Jamar chase deep. If they can, they want to hit you over the top and they want to get the, you know they want to get vertical with those two as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Hurst is a great outlet when that offensive line is crumbling, like it has been. Which is shocking. So if the offensive, it. yeah. So if the offensive line doesn't improve significantly over the course of the season, this is. I expect this to continue for Hearst. I think there's an a path for him to end up a top 12 tight end this year, just based on volume completely in that un-
1: offense. Completely unrelated. We should add that Cincinnati fan that was in our
0: DMS on Twitter about how <laughs> all bad of offensive line is. Yeah. Just uh, all <laughs> of the sacks. Yeah. I, I got killed by Cincy fans because I replied to something on Twitter, uh, before, before the draft. Um, Oh, we we fixed our offensive line. And I'm like, but did you? I'm like, we haven't even seen this team play um you can't you can't say it's fixed
1: and it's kind of showing out right now there's not a lot of continuity there
0: no so. and, and there's still plenty of time to turn that around they did on paper get a lot better i will say that but um you know free agent signings don't make a championship team all the time we saw like what the uh, the the eagles that one year with vince young called them a the dream team because they spent a bunch of money in free agency mm-hmm. then they missed the playoffs yep um i don't think since he's gonna miss the playoffs but it, just signing signing free agents does not guarantee you anything um you know
1: yeah i don't i mean i i will say i would stream since he's defense this week i do think oh yeah it's a get right game mm-hmm. and because of that I think they're gonna put a lot of points and then you're gonna force joe flacco to really throw the ball throw the ball and <clears> i think inevitably
0: some turnovers happen
1: I'm a big fan of Cincy's defense this week.
0: Yeah, if you can. If Cincy can get up early, they could force Flacco into into a bad, bad position. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And that's about all I got. for That's that it.
0: Game, yep, you know? that's all. Uh, oh God, <laughs> I know where we're going.
1: Las Vegas at Tennessee.
0: Well, I think I think the best thing that Tennessee has going for them right now is that they're going to be playing at home.
1: Is that next season is not too <laughs> far away?
0: Yeah, they. Uh, They are in a tough spot.
1: Uh, We're in trouble, injury and skill-wise. They just don't have the pieces they had last year to compensate for either guys getting injured or not playing well. They got rid of the big game pieces on offense. Uh, Taylor Wan's now out for the season with a knee injury. Yeah, that's a big one. So the offensive line's even worse than it already was. Um, Secondary doesn't look like Christian Fulton's going to play, but they haven't ruled him out. He'll be a game-time decision. I think it's going to be another field day. Devontae Adams has given Tennessee fits for years when he was in Green Bay. Um, Hunter Renfro's not going to play, but they still have Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs, and Tennessee's been abysmal against the run as well. Buffalo didn't really need to run the ball
0: because the corners were giving the wide receivers 10 yards of separation. Jacobs Jacobs is questionable, by the way, with with an illness. He might not play, but he did travel with the team.
1: I, from a, Titans' perspective, I do think Derek has a decent game. I think that they finally get him going enough. Um, Vegas has really good edge rushers, but as far as inside penetration, they really kind of lack there. So I think Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, who Chandler Jones hasn't gotten a sack yet either, and last year week one had five sacks
0: in a game. (laughs) Three of which were solo on Taylor LeJuan. Do, on the topic of of specifically Derek, um because you're plugged in with the titans obviously does do you does he does he finish the season in the top five for running backs
1: top five no
0: no because i'm the reason i asked rb1 10 and I'm, 12 is i'm where I'm, at. I'm at the point with Derek where i think that if i'm a derrick henry owner for fantasy i wait until he has his f- first big week and i might try to flip him yep I don't think the consistency is going to be there this year. I was Not super with how
1: bad that offense is. I was super high too because Derek's always been able to produce even with bad teams, but that offensive line is one super banged up and two just that bad right now that I can't. They can't get anything going, and there's no passing game to respect. Yeah, that's and the so biggest issue. So even if it was, it's just it's. So I think it's. It's going to get ugly quick, and my, it's already bad.
0: My biggest complaint with Derrick Henry right now, and it's, it has nothing to do with him as a player at all. It's strictly based on the fact that teams don't respect the pass at all. And, and
1: no matter what you do, even if you're God's gift to green <clears throat> earth, you can't make that work as a running back.
0: You you can You can try to give it to him 25 or 30 times a game, but if teams are putting eight guys in the box because they know you're not going to be able to punish them through the air, it's going to be really, really tough for him to produce.
1: And at the end of the day, I mean, Traylon Burks has played well for rookies. I think he's top three in every statistical category for rookies. Um, But it's the game planning and the game script. It's Todd Downing has to go. And until that happens, which I don't think will be this year, what I think will end up happening is that they take away his play call duties, but keep him on staff and give it over to Tim Kelly. But regardless of that circumstance i don't think it's going to get much better right now
0: yeah i'm i'm at the point now and it's only 2 weeks in and i typically I'll preach patience but i think with derrick i've seen enough to be nervous and if if he has a a pretty good week this week or if he puts together like a 2 or 3 week stretch where he looks like you know derrick henry mm-hmm. i think i'm trying to flip him and, and grab you know yeah i don't think that's a some, bad idea at someone all. else
1: i think tennessee loses by 17
0: ouch that's that'd be rough, but
1: it's most likely going to happen. The secondary but, is just as banged up, and you saw what they tried to do trying to compete with decent caliber yeah. wide receivers or Pro Bowl level wide receivers like Stefon Diggs. Yep, you're not getting a slouch in Devonte Adams. So I just think that this is going to be arguably Devonte Adams' best performance of the entire year and i am hammering darren waller this week too who has had a slow start but i don't know that tennessee has anything to stop either of them
0: i don't think they do no i don't think they do and and you've said this in the past too it's it's a very tennessee thing to to not play well to, (laughs) to play well in games that they shouldn't and to you know win games that they shouldn't so i wouldn't be shocked to see it a, a tight game here but i just I'd... you're asking too much from the guys they have they're not nfl caliber
1: players in a lot of the positions right now whether it be injury or yeah. just lack of talent yeah. but you're asking these guys to do too much and the next man up mentality that worked so well last year with so many injuries there's just no depth to even give it a
0: chance this year fair enough all right um, on we'll to the next on. game Let's see. Next noon game, we got uh, Philly, Philly at, at Washington.
1: Washington. Um, Philly wins this for sure.
0: I, Washington has looked better than we ever thought. Surprisingly competitive. I will say that. Um, I, I think my 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 gut tells me that Philly is just going to roll this game, but. I think Washington could compete a little bit. I, do, I don't I do think they win. I still think they end up losing by 10. But I think it's one of those deals where Philly presses the gas in the fourth quarter and separates a little. I think it could be competitive until until Carson Wentz goes in and makes a Carson Wentz play. Hey, but it is his old team. And maybe you see some revenge factor. but It hasn't worked out so well this year in a lot of these revenge
1: games, so I don't not. know how much that really matters right. anymore. Um, Carson Wentz did play well, granted a lot of – his scoring for fantasy in week two was in the later half of the game. But they hung in there they at did, the very least. They did hang in there, and he has solid passing options. I'm okay streaming Carson Wentz again this week. I
0: think he's – I at this, I do think Carson Wentz is going to be streaming – streamable pretty much every week. Um, and, uh, Until he has one of those Carson games. And, and if he has
1: one of those patented Carson Wentz games, people are going to be so iffy on him. And –
0: I for me, if I'm streaming Carson Wentz, I already know that that's a possibility. Yeah, I think you need to brace for impact there. You have to be willing to
1: bite that bullet to ride that ride Mm -hmm. with him
0: because you never know when it's coming.
1: Very Jameis Winston in different ways. He
0: yeah, no, in many ways they are similar. Um, I do like that pass catching group. I think you know with, Love with their Dotson. pass catching yeah.
1: group, and Curtis Samuel. Good for him. He's coming
0: alive. There's there's some chemistry there with him and Carson. I I, I think that Carson likes him as a target. And it's I think the he's Big Ten
1: keep... wide receiving group, man. Couple house yeah. State kids and a Penn State kid.
0: Carson I think is going to keep targeting Samuel. They'll find ways to get him the ball, whether it's end arounds, things like that, or just throwing it to him. Um, I, I
1: will say, if I'm starting a Washington wide receiver, it most definitely is not Terry McLaurin. Really. Darius Slay was all That's, over yeah. all over the routes. Granted, Kirk Cousins on prime time
0: is No but essentially they, Helen Keller. Slay yeah. Slade he I don't want to say he locked Jefferson down necessarily, but they he played a hell of a game for guarding Justin Jefferson. They they pretty much schemed him out of the game. I mean
1: So I will say Slay still got that little bit of oomph in him. He's mm-hmm. not horrible and Philly's got a solid team. So if I'm starting a wide receiver, I love Jahan Dotson this week.
0: Yeah. I think uh, Slay may have lost a step, but a Darius Slay who's a step slower is still better than a lot of the most of the corners in the league. Yeah, <laughs> better than so. fucking Trey Avery. <laughs> um, Philly, I think, like I said, they should roll this game. They're, the uh, like talent wise, they're so much better. Um, AJ Brown should eat. I think he gets into the end zone for the first time this year. Um, Dallas Goddard had a huge game last week. I think he's going to keep producing, and I really like Miles Sanders this week. And okay. I hate saying that because I've... Washington's been dog shit against their run. They have. And that's just that's just it. Sanders has actually gotten... I think they're 29th against their run right something now. Something like mm-hmm. that. They're down there. They're way down there. And Sanders is actually getting w- more touches this year than I expected him to based on the way that they kind of divvied it up the last couple. We were just couple. a year too early on fucking everybody. I might have been because he's... Miles he's gotten... Gaskins can still eat my shorts. <laughs> But, no, Sanders is – he's – I don't think he's gotten to, like, right around 20 touches a game, give or take, because he's getting some targets and he's getting 15 to 18 carries. So, I mean, with that type of volume and that offense, shit, man. He's, even if he's not scoring a ton of touchdowns, they might take him out and put in Gainwell and, and Boston Scott at the goal line sometimes, um, which is infuriating. But if he's getting 15 to 20 touches a game with his type of talent and that offense gets – you're happy with that. So At I'm, some
1: point, the cards are going to fall if you continue to give him that many touches.
0: He's very talented.
1: He's very, very talented. He's no slouch, man. The only reason he didn't start in college is because he was stuck behind
0: Saquon. So. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. Um, even now. so <laughs> I'm absolutely starting the Eagles defense this oh, week. Oh, all over it. Give me uh, some. Give me the Carson Wentz game now Yeah, yeah what you I'm w- rooting for. Here you want this Philly. one because yeah. this could be a buffet of turnovers. Or, you know,
1: like and I said. You might even be a Philly fan if you're starting the Philly defense. And if that is a thing, you most definitely want Carson Wentz to turn the ball over eight oh, times. Yeah.
0: No, I think they're, a, they're you're hammering the Philly defense this week. Um, it's time for him to give you some
1: back after taking them all away
0: for so many years. <laughs> Uh, anything else from this game you want to talk about? I think it's fairly straightforward, though. I, I mean, agree. I'm pretty good much. on that. Devonta um, Smith is a start as well. Uh, I'd call him wide receiver three this week with some upside there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see them get him going last week. So.
1: And just to add to our point of starting A.J. Brown here and Devonta Smith this week, uh, William Jackson, the third, is questionable with a back injury. That's even better yeah, if that's... you have either of the Philly wide receivers. So. We can slide right into the 3 p.m. games, my guy. Yeah. um, Jacksonville at the
0: Chargers. This game intrigues me. And it shouldn't? It shouldn't. But it feels like the type of game where it could be close. The Chargers
1: are still very much my Super Bowl favorites. They lost a tough game last week to a really good AFC team, who they will see probably twice more this year. And like I said, all those division games are going to be barn burners. So if you lose a game by one little field goal like that, feel good about where your team's at because you're competitive at the top of the AFC and it's going to be a barn burner.
0: Yep. I think this game is going to not, not necessarily in, in terms of win loss, but I think for fantasy, this game is going to totally come down to whether or not Herbert plays.
1: Yes, especially if Herbert doesn't play and Keenan doesn't play. Yeah, Mike Williams is the only guy there. But do you really think Mike Williams is going to do anything?
0: Him and Eckler with it's going to be an Eckler
1: day. It'll be a it'll be a chance for Eckler to get back to where Eckler
0: was should, last yeah. year. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. Is it fucking? easton stick or whoever that was that bryce was super high on a few years ago
1: what are we talking about here
0: uh la's backup quarterback if herbert doesn't play,
1: oh no it's chase daniel easton sticks the third
0: string okay He's still on the roster, but it'll be okay. Chase Daniel. And I Daniel's he started some games. He's not great, but he's started games, so he's experienced at the very least. He's not a big check arm. Check down, check down he's check He's a lot down, of check, check down. down. So check that, could down. Be, that could be Eckler territory. Um Mike Williams could struggle because he's more of a downfield threat, and Daniel is not a downfield thrower. But he is a
1: jump ball guy. So he can win at those, the end though. of
0: the day, if he throws a fifty fifty ball, if you want one wide
1: receiver out there, it's gonna be Mike Williams. Yeah, you want
0: a six four. So do I think pounder. he's gonna
1: lay an absolute egg and make you pissed off you started him no but do i think he's gonna have the game he had last week when he was again the only wide receiver viable but had justin herbert no i don't think he's gonna produce the same way
0: i think i i think herbert plays it's a rib injury and because i think he'll tough it out in a flak track. i think so too i think he'll tough it out and because they're in that division in that division um where they know that okay these even these games against jacksonville like these Jacksonville's a much-improved team, too. They've looked better. Better than people give them credit for because
1: of how shitty they have the division they are in. But they don't look nearly as bad. Now, is tr- Trevor Lawrence inspiring by any means or giving me any more hope in him as a quarterback? No. But have they taken steps forward as a whole, both offensively
0: and defensively? Yes. Yeah. I th- I think um, Herbert, I, th- I think he'll stick it out and play because they know... Especially now, having lost to Kansas City, they're down. Mm. There's a game in hand for yep. Kansas City already. They can't give this game up. You, to Jackson, they, though, they, they have. The AFC. They have to keep pace at the very least. So, I mean, every game's a must-win game, but this is especially like this. They and, need to make it through this and keep pace now going forward. Because and it's they're at already, home. They're already behind the eight ball. So
1: yes, I agree. Um, I will say I'll start the Chargers defense all fucking week, though, baby.
0: Trevor Lawrence Turnover machine. Yeah, you could easily see, like, three picks from Lawrence this week.
1: Uh, JC Jackson is doubtful. That is the one big loss for the Chargers. But I will say the pass rush has been able to get there, and the offensive line for Jacksonville has not shown me enough improvement to make me think that they're a viable option to protect him and keep him upright all game.
0: Yeah. Um, Gerald Everett is another name from la that i want to mention because he's actually been getting some targets the last couple weeks and i don't know where it's coming from but he's producing um so i'm actually the first few games that we've talked about now we've already we're starting a little list of streaming Mm -hmm. tight ends that we really like between him you know everett hurst and and uh who was the other one conklin conklin um there's some good streaming options out there so if gerald everett is still out there on waivers right now you might want to go give him a grab because it's a high high power with his consent. Yeah. Always. Um, but it's a high powered offense. And you know, if you're getting a tight end that's getting six six targets a game, seven targets a game and in that type of an offense, that's that's what you want. Man. And that's
1: more than you're gonna find on waivers right now, especially mm-hmm. with the lack of severe
0: injuries for people. Yeah. Um also, quickly I'm gonna change directions. Uh we missed a couple other noon games, so I want to go back and double back and did we? <clears throat> yep, we missed three of them. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, they were uh up at the top, oh yeah, top of the did. list. But I w- I had scrolled down too far on my screen, so I missed them. And Chiefs, Indy. The uh, this, Indy needs to show something here. I think they're better than their record. I think they're in a weak division, so they're still like in the. What's driver's What's that supposed to mean, dude? Uh, I think you know exactly what that <laughs> means. No, they're they're in a weak division, so they're still I would say in the driver's seat if you want to call it that, but. I mean, you go to o two and one to start the year, and you're in a world of hurt, you know. Yeah, and I don't think they get it done this week, though. It's going to be very fucking
1: tough. I don't know that they have any shot in this game. Their best. I am out on everyone. I think the only way Pittman, he, Pittman's all, and to JT and, obviously, and,
0: and Pittman, he should be back this week after missing last week with a quad. But um, their only chance, I think, at winning is if if Taylor goes for 150 or more. I think that's their only shot because yeah. they're going to have to be able to dominate the clock and keep Mahomes off the field. That's that's their only path to winning this game. So, if you're a JT owner, obviously he's a start no matter what. Yeah, especially
1: but, with uh, Darius Shaquille Leonard out now. Yeah, I don't even know that guy's name anymore. It's Shaquille Leonard.
0: But uh, obviously the Chiefs' offense, wide receivers are tough to project. Who's going to be the one to to start? I think Juju is probably my pick of the litter. Um, outside of Juju I'm not it's tough for me to trust any of the receivers even though <laughs> even though they're moving the ball but it's, he spreads it out so much it's not it's like the Patriots running back that's, that's from a couple years that's ago. what it feels like right mm-hmm. now is like you know everybody's getting a little bit but nobody's having that big big game Kelsey's getting to his targets because it's Travis Kelsey yep. but everyone's getting just enough to be kind of like tantalizing like there, there's always the upsides going to be there but they're just no one showing enough yet to be like shit you got to go pick him up
1: and they might get a little bit of extra too because harrison buck are still hurt so yeah they have that one fuck what's his name the kicker who played for the jets now oh, whatever it doesn't matter but yeah. i don't know how much belief they really have in him going forward so there might even be some two-point conversion opportunities or some fourth and goals or fourth downs in general that they go for yeah you can see them be a little bit more aggressive which could bode well for the passing game but um with the colts best Defensive player being out and Yannick Ngakwe being questionable, I think it's the Chiefs are all over Indy this week.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, Texans, Bears, skip, skip. Um, I if we're talking Texans, the only one I want right now is Brandon Damian Cooks, and Pierce. and Pierce is on my bench. You're obviously you're hanging on to him, and you're waiting to see what you get. I you I, I guess if you're going to press me on it, you could probably put him in as a i I'll talk more about Pierce later. Okay. You could probably put him in as a flex. I would say that. Um, that's it for the Texans. You want no part of any anything else there. Cooks is a just getting the targets, and you just hope that Pierce gets the volume.
1: It's not even that is good. It's just all they have. So that's it.
0: Um, on Chicago side, it's almost the same thing. It's David Montgomery because he's. He's the one getting the touches.
1: I don't even know that I like David Montgomery this week.
0: And I don't love him. I'll I'll say that. Uh,
1: You're starting him because you're forced to because he wasted too high of a draft pick on him. Yeah. Is typically where most guys are at and are hoping for that late game or late season resurgence like he typically has. Yeah.
0: I hate, hate, hate the start that Mooney and have had for the bears why i told you i literally told you that they're the only two options in that offense and they're
1: horrible because the bears are horrible
0: and they they (laughs) refuse to try to throw the ball they've passed i think like eight fucking times against the packers it was something ridiculous where it's like
1: like how are you even expecting to win a game like that
0: it's asinine like the the way that they're trying to run this offense these two they're gonna come around at some point i'm Still hanging on to that hope. I think Mooney's got a better chance What did Komet
1: do that showed you anything? Why do you think he's good? The last done nothing. The
0: last few games of last year, he was starting to get a few targets. He finished, I think, like the last, I want to say four or five games of the season, he finished in the top, I think, eight or ten for tight ends in terms of uh, points per game. And the hope was that he would continue that. That's just pennies
1: on the dollar for me when you get to that point in tight end consistency, though, that I just...
0: And I thought I was thinking like, okay, well, if he's the number two in this offense for passing, and he can get a, throw a few touchdowns in there, get a you would tight end you would be. Lewis, you know? I I was hoping like you could invest you know a, a tight end ten pick in him, or yeah. like you're getting him late in a draft, yeah. it might get tight end six or seven, out and of
1: just him. bet on the upside. Yeah. That was that
0: was my hope with him. Sure. And it was the same same sort of thing with Mooney, where you're I'm hoping you invest like a wide receiver four pick in him and get like a wide receiver two based on his volume. I still think it. They could get there, but fuck, man. I want to strangle their offensive coaching staff.
1: Dude, their whole offense is bad. Just uh, Poor Justin Fields.
0: Yeah, that guy's going to get his career ruined because he ended up in Chicago. I
1: demand a trade after this year on my rookie contract.
0: He, he's got no chance to succeed there. Nothing. There's there's nothing there for him. If I'm him and his agent, I am furious at what the Bears did in the offseason.
1: I'm just furious with Chicago as an organization. If I'm him,
0: I'm 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 not even kidding. I would probably go into the fucking front office after the year and say, "You get me some fucking help,
1: or I'm out." Like what? What? How do you expect me to? Don't do even anything? exercise my fifth year option. That's how out I
0: am. How do you expect this dude to do his job when you're putting this on the field around him? It's and how can you expect anyone from your fan base to want to come to the games? Seriously. If I'm from Chicago and it's like, hey, you want to go to a game this year? It's like, you know what? I'll save that money and I'll go to a game maybe next year.
1: Yeah, how much are they? Pay- <laughs> how much are they paying me to go? Is what my response would be.
0: It's 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 just it's so bad. It's frustrating. Um, enough with that horseshit game. Mm-hmm. We got one more noon game that we missed. It's Saints Panthers. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this one with the Saints. They're so fucking beat up. And we talked about them earlier. And,
1: and huge pieces. Right. Jameis Winston, Elvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Ryan Ramchek, Marcus May. These are all huge pieces that start ninety percent of snaps for them.
0: And that's what worries me.
1: It's like And oh, it's like man. if Jameis can't go, I'd feel a lot better if Taysom Hill wasn't on the injury list.
0: And I don't even know that he would start necessarily because they You Dalton, just have
1: more, more so options, than a guy that something. knows the offense and knows what to do in certain situations. It's still you're in much better shape than the alternative.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's hard hard for me to buy into that offense right now. There's a lot of question marks. If
1: Ramchick is out and Jameis is out, especially Ramchick though, I'm out on everyone in New Orleans this week. Yeah. They have too good of a front in Carolina to rely on Elvin Kamara without either of those pieces to do anything consistently. Michael Thomas will probably fall back into mediocrity this week,
0: too, because he's not going to have a viable option throwing him the ball. And he had a late touchdown last week that saved him. This
1: is completely dependent on who plays tomorrow for New Orleans, whether or not I trust anyone. Yep. If Jameis plays, I am comfortable starting Kamara. No problem. Yep. Even if Ramchick doesn't play, because it frees up enough options where Jameis can still hug the ball deep, I'm okay thinking that Kamara can get out of that. If Ramchick plays and Jameis doesn't play, I'm still okay starting Kamara. If the combination of those two do not play, I am out on Kamara.
0: I think if you have Kamara you're probably starting him because you have to. You picked him probably in the second round if not the second. I'm third.
1: just saying expect a horrible game. It's I mean not, you're, you have to start him based on need but yeah. do not expect
0: him to produce Alvin Kamara it, numbers. It could be an ugly result for sure. Um and, and then for it's Carolina asking
1: too much. It's just asking too much. Yeah.
0: And then for Carolina the matchup is a tough one with New Orleans defense. Um you're obviously you're starting McCaffrey. He's you know, he's in your lineup no matter what. Baker's DJ, a
1: turnover machine, so I think I'd start New Orleans defense here either way.
0: And uh, Oh, for sure. And DJ Moore is about the only one in that wide receiver group that you really want to trust. I don't want to trust Robbie Anderson, and I'd, there's nothing else there. Right. I think
1: know? I'd start both defenses if Jameis and Ramchick are out as well. Yeah. Uh, Carolina is a hammer pick for me for a streamable defense. This, I think that's lovely.
0: This could be another low-scoring game for New Orleans this mm-hmm. week. Um very similar to what we saw last week with the Bucks. I think you could see less than 20 points scored by, by both sides. Yeah. You know, I... I do
1: think that this is going to be one of those divisional games that's kind of like the NFC West in years past where you get the Rams and the Seahawks and the final score is fucking 7-3. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it would not shock me at all if you see... And New Orleans has been in one of those games this year with Tampa already. And what do you know? Division game. So yep. it's just... Yeah, I think and yeah, I think Tampa ended up scoring twenty. I think is what it ended up well, being there twenty was a to pick three. Six in there, yeah, and, then, and late. That game was yeah. ten to three until about five minutes left. Yeah, actually, I think it was five minutes left when they scored the touchdown to go up ten to three.
0: Something, yeah, I think it was something like that because so, it was three three late in that game.
1: Very uninspiring and very much how I could see this game going as well.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get back into the three o'clock games. Yeah, we exactly. only got a few games left, so. Yeah, we're kind
1: of cruising, man.
0: Um, yeah, we're 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 getting along, um, and it's it's hard not to get off on tangents and stuff. But when you have you know fifteen games a week to cover, it's you kind of forces you to keep the blinders on a little bit. Well,
1: we but. also probably care more so than we should about fucking Baltimore and New England. When yeah, there's a couple of these that it's like I said, where it's easy to go off on a tangent
0: when there's something to talk well, about. I, do,
1: I could get excited about any NFL game if I talked about it long enough. It's just a matter of
0: getting myself excited. <laughs> Um, Rams Cardinals. This could be a fun one. This would be one of those games. I that,
1: love these division games. Yeah, in my opinion, NFC West games over the last five years are that, and the AFC West are the most fun divisions to you're, watch.
0: This is a. This feels like a game where you could see some crazy shit happen. And That's, I'm here for it. Like, and I don't even mean crazy. Like, it's going to be a you know massive shootout or anything like that. I just think you're going to see some some play where Kyler's just running around like last week. You know, against the Raiders. What if, dude? What a good week of football last week. It really was. There was some crazy, like the three, the Jets, three good, good games. The Jets-Browns game was great. The fucking Cardinals-Raiders game was awesome. And the um,
1: Miami-Baltimore
0: game. Yeah, that was an awesome. That That's was, what I'm saying. Three like, there ridiculous was three finishes.
1: Three ridiculous finishes. You
0: know, the the Bills game was awesome. Um, it was just a good week of football last week. Yep. <laughs> Fly um, Eagles fly. Yeah, seriously.
1: Remember, you guys blew the NFC Championship game to them when you could have played the Super Bowl in your own stadium.
0: Could have. Yeah, it was. It was right there on the.
1: Or like when Gary Anderson missed that field goal. Yeah, that, that was a good Bills game.
0: I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't put. <laughs> I don't put that on Gary. He missed that field goal, but
1: wait, who are you playing? Atlanta. It wasn't – okay, I don't know why. The Bills are in the complete opposite conference. I don't know why I thought you were playing the Bills.
0: No, that that game should not have come down to that field goal. There was other things that happened in that game that – I will
1: say you were still up seven when you missed the field goal. Correct,
0: correct. And the defense still let them go down and score, and they still let them score first in overtime. So they had their chances in that one, but I don't put that on Gary hard to hard to blame a kicker that didn't miss a single kick or extra point the entire season.
1: Who should we blame? Brad Childress. That guy hasn't been blamed enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, fucking that guy. I think if we had a different head coach in 09 when when we lost to the Saints, uh, we probably would have been better off. I don't like Childress. I just was not a fan ever. But anyway, again, tangents. Tangents. Um, oh, fucking let's start with the Cardinals. I mean, obviously, I love... Love I, I love Kyler. Kyler. I loved mm-hmm. his upside this year. Um, he's been kind of underproduced a little bit. Even the last week, he, he did also save. Doesn't it. have D hop. Yeah, he did save himself last week with like the late game heroics. Because up until that point, he was doing absolutely nothing. Um, but because he's dual threat, he can. That's the type of shit he brings. He can to the table. always like, save you. Yep. 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 Just, it takes just one play. One rushing touchdown is all it takes to really kind of save a quarterback,
1: or at least give you a breath of fresh air or a yep. sigh of relief that okay yeah it's not as bad as i thought
0: yep uh james Conner's questionable with a an ankle i he's going to be a game time decision i think even if he plays i hate temper probab- expectations i yeah. probably would not even start him cuz not I in think- the
1: front 7 oof, against la
0: i think that they're thin enough at running back that he's too valuable to that group for them to really gamble with uh making this worse i think they're and
1: sending him into harms way with Bobby yeah. Wagner and Aaron Donald
0: they're yeah. i think they're best served to if he plays at all limit those touches and limit oh, yeah. that exposure
1: uh i think it should be a huge game for Rondale Moore but he is also questionable or no he's out is he out again? Yeah, they did rule him out. So. He's,
0: yeah, because he's been banged up. He's Andy, Andy Isabella season, and he even he missed last week. I mm-hmm. don't even know if he's for sure going to play this week or not. He's not but, on
1: the injury report,
0: so um, which again means <laughs> the expectation Marquise, Marquise Brown, Brown. Zach Ertz, um, keep them keep firing them up as long as everyone else around. Yeah, him is going to have You had they, it's their pretty, offense
1: has proven they can score without some pieces. So yep. I love both those starts this week. From the L.A. side, Cooper Cup will probably get 46 targets, so that's probably a safe bet. He's decent. He's okay,
0: (laughs) but... Uh, Cam Akers. I think... I I think Cam Akers is going to take over this backfield at some point.
1: Yeah, You fucking better. That's the only way anyone can justify that pick.
0: I think he will. I think he's more talented. I think that they... Challenged him week one by starting or really running with uh, Henderson. But I don't think that the coaching staff would want to be playing Henderson all the time. Who are you
1: starting this week between the two?
0: Akers. Okay. Because last week they went more in his direction. He got more of the touches. He got the, the carries um, more specifically. And it's an offense that can score points. I think he's the goal line back. Uh It might not get to a point where you're seeing him dominate touches. But I think he's the running back that's going to be the mm-hmm. one to own of that of the two.
1: I so. do like the Everett play here. I think that's a, once again another very streamable tight end.
0: You have a lot of options here from the tight
1: end position. Higby. So. What did I say, Everett? Yeah. Oh, I meant Higby.
0: Everett was yeah. I I know it. Yeah. Everett was there a couple last year, or whatever. But Fuck, Higby. You know, Higby's actually. Um, I don't think he's leading the tight end category in targets this year, but he's up near the top, which surprises me because they haven't. Like last year, you'd get some duds out of him. You know, right about the time you would get to the point where you think you could trust him. You start to believe in him. And then all of a sudden you'd get nothing for two or three weeks where he would just ghost you. And it's like, fuck.
1: They actually were both pretty decent together, Higby and Everett, when Goff was there.
0: There were times when they were both on the radar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So
1: there's definitely some upside here from the tight end perspective with Tyler Higby. Um, I'll get into him more, but I will say I would, without a doubt in my mind, absolutely start him this week.
0: Yeah, I think he's absolutely startable. Um, Allen Robinson, I don't... Showed quite, a little bit of life. He showed something. It wasn't... And he still threw wasn't that whatever.
1: football higher in the air than <laughs> fucking anybody else because he celebrated it like he just won the Super Bowl. So you know he's been waiting to produce to get people off his back.
0: Yeah, he he didn't produce quite the way i would have liked to have seen him bounce back last week but he did have four four receptions i think he was in like 43 yards and he had a touchdown he did have a second one that got called back due to a i think a hold or something Mm -hmm. Um, so he almost scored twice which is very what you love to see yeah yep but if he's only getting five targets a game that's it's still going to be dicey um i still am i still believe in him uh i think he'll come around they're gonna find ways to get him the ball the same way they find ways to get Cooper Cup open in space. Um I I just think, you know, they're working out the kinks right now with him. So be patient. I I think he'll for now I'd call him a flex where you're 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 you know, I'm not gonna be pissed if you tell me he's on your bench right now, after week one. But if you're gonna start him and roll with him, I'm also not gonna tell you it's a stupid move either. Uh it's it's a it's a good offense. So there's always a chance that he could get it in the end zone. We saw it last week. Uh, defensively.
1: They're both I, too good of offenses that I'm not gambling. It on worries it. me a little yeah. bit. I think if and I neither had. Neither of them are like surefire. Defenses. I mean, you could get there with the Rams because of how good of individual players are.
0: I was just going to say, I think if I had to pick one, the Rams would be my choice because because Arizona's offense is so beat up. Mm hmm. Kyler, obviously they can still put some points on the board, but, um, you know, up until he went berserk last week, they were held in check for the most part. So I think if you're backed into a corner where you're, you know, having to pick up a defense or if you've got the Rams and, and I, you should be okay starting them this week, but I, there there could be potential for disaster there too. Yeah. But.
1: All right. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I don't like this next one.
1: <laughs> this is arguably the worst game of the week. Atlanta at Seattle. Skip. Um, Mariota should play. <laughs> is he hurt? Yeah, he was. He got oh. hurt. Ritter played last week. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I would stream him this week if he is full go, just based on the fact that Seattle is as bad as advertised. <laughs> they squeaked out a game but
0: how how they won against Denver? I will never understand.
1: it's that's week one for you. That's just yeah. what it is. Uh-huh. That's about all it boils down to. Um, as far as injuries too, outside of Marcus Mariota, they are relatively dry on the injury sheet. Elijah Wilkinson is out for a personal reason, not injury related, and he is the only one listed as out or questionable on the Falcons depth chart right now. So they're relatively healthy now. Is that team that good? No. But neither is Seattle, and Quandre Diggs is questionable, and Justin Coleman is doubtful. So in the secondary, their secondary is bad. It's and it's already bad, and it's looking like it's gonna get worse. I could see a decent Kyle Pitts
0: game here. I think Pitts and, and it's London fucking needed. Yeah, seriously, I think Pitts and London will produce this week. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't think... even be surprised if London outproduced him. But you need
1: Kyle yeah. Pitts to get back into a top five tight end finish to give yourself any sort of hope.
0: I don't. I don't want to hear this fucking Arthur Smith like, oh, this isn't fantasy football. You're right. It's not fantasy football, and He's Kyle Pitts is the most talented mm-hmm. player on your fucking team. Throw him the fucking ball. Get him the fucking ball. (laughs) Jesus. It shouldn't be that difficult. No. I'm an idiot, and And I understand this. And
1: he was the king of getting our best players the ball when he was in Tennessee, so the fact that that came out of his mouth was rather surprising.
0: It's like I I don't know how he can't seem to wrap his head around the fact that Kyle Pitts is fucking Kyle Pitts.
1: Also, man, that's like your job. Every time you go out there and don't give the balls to your best player and take an L and then have to come back and answer those questions – you're slowly getting a lot of people to believe in you less. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, why,
1: why you would want that to be a thing. Granted, you might not care because you are the head coach and they're just media reporters or fans or whatever, but you do have to start caring at some point and use what can get you to the place you want to go. And that's Kyle Pitts.
0: Yeah. That's alarming to hear him say that, but I do think that at some point they have to get Pitts more involved because if, if you want to succeed, you got to, you got to get these guys the ball. So, uh,
1: I am honestly, as much as I'd like to be, I could stream DK this week and be okay with it. I, I is good, but they don't have anything
0: else. And their secondary is banged up. Just takes one deep ball. And DK is like, you know, Gino is never going to be lighting the world on fire. And he's not exactly a, a fucking drew Brees out there throwing darts and putting the ball exactly where it needs to be. Um, if there's a receiver in the league, there's a, a small handful of them that if if you got a quarterback that's not exactly the most accurate, DK's a guy that can – I mean, look at his catch radius. He's he's a giant, and he's a freak athlete. Um, he's just too big of a mismatch for someone to cover by
1: themselves consistently yeah. for a whole game, and with these guys being out, the people that you're going to ask to help are not going to be viable options. DK's going to win that battle.
0: He, he should. He's talented enough. It's just a matter of can they – get him enough good looks to be very productive because i i think i think he's somewhat safe i just think the upside is severely limited with what they have you know distributing the ball around him as far as quarterbacks and things like that but no i'm 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 okay with starting dk i'm out on everyone else in that offense right now i don't want penny i don't want walker they don't seem to have a real firm uh, grip on their running game right now and Tyler Lockett's always just a fucking—he's just a crapshoot. So I'm out on Lockett. Um, realistically, I I could probably list. In fact, I could list on my on one hand the number of people in this game that I would be interested in starting. Yeah. So, that that says about all it needs to say. I mean, defensively, I don't want any one of them. So. No. I mean yeah, I don't
1: think you could talk me into either.
0: No, it's and it's it's not that it's it's not like it's a bad matchup for either defense, but both defenses are just not good. So
1: Yeah, right, doesn't matter how good of a Yeah, I just no. I'm, I'm I'm with you there. I yep. am very much with you there.
0: All right. Um let's move it along now to a much better game at least on paper. Uh Green Bay and Tampa rematch of the old NFC Wild card, or NFC Championship game uh 2 years ago. Um <clears throat> I'm completely out on Green Bay this week. Are you? Yeah, I think they're gonna to struggle to run the ball. And that's
1: Um going to Yeah, hurt them. so I I'll get into this more, more later here at the end of our segment. But uh Aaron Jones' stat line against Tampa over the last two and a half years. Not good. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> It's the two games that I remember vividly off the top of my head were six rushes for 27 yards and 10 rushes for 15.
0: Ouch. So those are called duds. Yeah, Uh, I hate Green Bay this week. Yeah, it's I. I, Tampa's run defense is so good. I
1: want to believe in Aaron, but the combination of that. Um, the one thing that can kind of get me to the fact that it might be a better game than what I think it's going to be is that Mike Evans is going to be out and Godwin is still mm-hmm. doing Godwin things. So they yep. don't have a lot offensively and their run defense is good too. So I honestly think this is going to be a rough running game for both sides of the ball. I don't think Lenny's going to, I don't think Lenny's going to play well. And I don't think Aaron's going to play well. I think if any running back has a decent game, it's going to be AJ Dillon.
0: I kind of, I, I i tend to agree with you on that i think um it's going to be a lot of like handoff and then watch him slam into the back of his offensive lineman. and dylan and fournette are the two that are best suited for that fournette's dealing with an injury too right and now, for that reason i
1: might not watch this game because i see that about 30 times a game with Derek right now i don't yeah. watch him just run into the back of their offensive line and
0: move nowhere and and I think with, you know, and and not that he's a big part of the offense, but Sammy Watkins got placed on IR today as well. So, you know, there's just one less weapon. Which is shocking
1: because he didn't even play well week one. Yeah, if if
0: you even want to call him a weapon at this point, um, but there's one less person to throw the ball to. Sammy Watkins at this point in his career is very pedestrian. Yes. Uh, And, you know, obviously we've seen the impact of not having Devontae Adams there. I didn't think it would hurt them quite as much as it has. Uh, but their recipe for success this year is going to be running the football and then getting Aaron, you know, hopefully getting guys open on play action and things like that. Well, they're not going to be able to oh, run. Oh, don't worry. You're game. about to see at about noon 30 tomorrow what happens when you do have Devontae Adams. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> so I think it it's going to be, I think, a tight game. I think it'll be f- f- a good game to watch, you know, just in terms of like, you know who's the yeah, win? The win loss part of it. It's gonna be, be brute
1: it. force football. Yes, it's gonna be. Yeah, I don't think pound.
0: I don't think you're gonna see Tom Brady could go be, out.
1: This is gonna be a traditional football game. Yeah,
0: I don't think you're gonna see Brady go out and throw for three hundred. I don't think it's gonna be a big quarterback duel. I would be shocked if both of these guys go out and light it up.
1: I think Tampa honest. wins this game handily, but regardless of like who ends up winning this game, it's gonna be an ugly win.
0: Yeah. That's kind of kind of which how is I...
1: shocking because typically when your quarterbacks starting the game are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady you don't expect that but I think that this is very
0: much going to be a Rock'em Sock'em game. Yep. No, I I totally agree with that. I'm on the exact same page with. And
1: morning. because of the quarterbacks' talent level and just the mutual respect I have for them, I don't know that I'm with either defense here either.
0: Yeah, uh, if I had to pick one, it would be Tampa. Tampa but, for sure. But, but uh, i
1: no, I don't know that I love them enough to convince myself based on other options out there. Yeah, to really yeah. get myself to start.
0: Them. There's there's some people you could probably grab on waivers this week that I think I would probably like better. Um, let's move along. To We've the got
1: Sunday night football game. Yeah, this should be a good one. I think it will be. Um, but I keep thinking they're going to be good ones, and Denver just
0: keeps slaying duds. Yeah, that. And I just saw today that Nathaniel Hackett hired somebody. Yeah, I didn't see that. He he hired a senior offensive analyst. I forgot who it was. Somebody to help him with making game Game decisions. Game management
1: decisions. Hey, that guy's learning from his mistakes. Don't fucking fault him.
0: And we said this about week one with him that, you know, props to him for taking accountability and saying, yeah, I made the wrong call.
1: Is this more accountability or is this too much? What I will say is he talks too much. When he gets into his postgame, whatever, he tries to explain every decision he made. like He has to justify it to the national media and everyone covering the team. and Just the casual NFL goer, just shut up and coach. You don't need to explain every single thing you do, even if it's the wrong decision. He seems very not confident in his play-calling ability to the point where he's trying to
0: justify it. And that's what's concerning. That's exactly why I'm so worried about it, because it's that he sounds like he's... The lights are too bright. Yes. You know, the fact that
1: it's, it's only been two games granted, and he does have a lot of expectations on him, but you're the guy they look to when shit hits the fan, when bullets are flying over your head to stay strong and push forward.
0: He sounds overmatched and you're two weeks into the season and you're, you're hiring a new analyst to help you with game decisions. You've been a coach your entire life. You should have a pretty good idea of like what you, what your strategy is when it comes to game decisions. Um,
1: and even if you haven't been a coach your whole life, you've been around it your whole life.
0: That's just it. And his I'm dad. I'm
1: certain we know what to do in most situations.
0: His dad was a head coach, so he's been around pro football his entire life. Um, I know he's a rookie head coach and whatever, but he seems like he's not prepared. And I heard it's it's interesting. This is kind of ties in. I heard I, I don't even remember who it was, um, but it was an article that somebody had written that. Denver gambled massively in the offseason, bringing him in for one reason. Because he was so tight with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And at the time, there were still questions about whether or not Rodgers would play in Green Bay this year.
1: You think that's real?
0: I wouldn't be surprised at all if they brought in Hackett specifically thinking they could also grab Rodgers. Because at that time, they didn't have Ross either. And then Devonte gets traded, Rodgers ends up staying because before...
1: Yeah, and you think, I guarantee you, if that was their plan when Devontae got traded...
0: They realized the they were fucked.
1: Goal. No, they probably realized they had a shot. It might be full rebuild. I don't know. You could <clears> take maybe. It either way. It could have been, yeah. that's how I would have taken it.
0: Because they they traded Devontae, and then they signed Aaron to a big extension. and
1: But like, do you think Aaron's going to be happy? I mean, it was days after. I think it was yeah. two days after. But in that, like that. two-day time period,
0: you don't think Denver called? Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, they had to have, right? I mean, they were obviously they were calling somebody because they called the Seahawks.
1: And it's not even that, hey, they're going full rebuild. It might have been a, hey, you're not coming back from that with Aaron because you were already right. so back and forth, and now you just traded his best player and favorite teammate, probably outside of
0: Randall Cobb. I think there were calls made before that, but I think you know the perception was like, okay, they're not going to be able to keep Adams and Rodgers.
1: Let's be honest, they probably had three deals lined up in case they did want to get rid of him.
0: They probably did. Yeah, they probably did if they were smart. It's they not like teams did. weren't calling. Right. So I think I think that could be a very real possibility that Denver hired Hackett with the hopes that they would be able to lure Rodgers. play out the way that it yeah. – And then Russell Wilson was their pivot when it became clear, okay, Rodgers is not going to – we're not going to get him from Green Bay. And now all of a sudden, Hackett, you have a guy who you brought in, not necessarily because he might have been the best – He even knows
1: how much he did as the quarterback's coach in Green Bay. Aaron doesn't really like to be told what to do. You don't
0: know. All we know is that Rodgers really, really liked him. Uh, They're very good buddies. They're very good friends. They're very tight. And if Denver hired a a coach that wasn't the best candidate because they thought they were going to bring in Rodgers and then failed, and then failed, and now all of a sudden they're sitting there with a fucking head coach that they shouldn't have even hired. And, And who knows? I could be way, way... Out in left field on this. I one, don't but.
1: think that this is too far fetched, though.
0: But I think
1: I could see how, like, if someone said that this is what happened, I wouldn't not believe it. Not to use a double negative, but like, I, I wouldn't have a tough time saying, "Oh yeah, that makes sense," or I could see that. It's kind of like the Brady situation it, when he was with
0: with this the smoke with Miami yeah. and all it because it it the dots are fairly easily connected to this whole scenario being real. You know. And obviously. yeah, there's
1: too many things in the world that happen for some things to not just be coincidence, but that sure seems like it has some merit to it.
0: Yeah, I and we'll, obviously, we'll never know, but I think Hackett looks overmatched, and I think that he's woefully underprepared right now, and, and maybe he'll turn it around, but god damn, man, they they don't have a whole lot of time to, to waste. You know, you got Russell Wilson's, what, 34, 35, mm-hmm. like... And I know they just signed him to a fat fucking extension, but he doesn't have a ton of years left.
1: Dude, I genuinely think if I won the lottery, that I would pay to have insiders on like almost every team.
0: Hackett, yeah, that'd be cool. Hackett could legit be a one and done coach if this year's a train wreck. Because you, know, I,
1: I think the ship's gonna get righted. I don't think that it's gonna be a train wreck. I don't. Seattle's out of the conversation for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, if, if, if they absolutely shit the bed this year though, and Hackett looks like, I feel like he's looked so far. Oh, I see where year,
1: I thought you were going with this was like, you thought he was going to be done and then maybe go somewhere else. And I'm just thinking about teams that are going to probably be be out a head coach next year. And I do think this is Pete Carroll's last year. No, in I,
0: Seattle. Th- it could be, I think, I think with Denver, if they,
1: yeah, I, yeah no, I, I just didn't know where you were going yeah, with if, that.
0: If Denver looks bad the entire season, I think Russ says we need something else. Oh,
1: yeah, head coach-wise. I I thought you meant, like, I'm reading everything wrong right now. (laughs) No, I think
0: think if the season doesn't go the way Russ wants it, he's got enough pull where he says, look, this guy's not the one, and I don't have time to waste. You find me somebody else. And on top
1: of that, too, Elway has very little room for error here. I don't know that people want him to continue to be around if he continues to make decisions like this. And for that reason I think whatever he needs to do to make it work with Russ he's going to do. Right. And if Russ says this is not the fucking guy, get him out of here, he's gone.
0: They are they are tied to Russ way more than they are tied oh, to Oh yeah, Nathaniel they're
1: Hackett. married to Russ. They are absolutely there in they bed just, together. They just they just took fucking Nathaniel Hackett to a mini putt first date. That's basically
0: where they're <clears> at. So I it would not shot me at all. If Denver. If Denver looks bad the rest of the year. I wouldn't be shocked if Hackett gets let go after one year.
1: I just, I, I would not be shocked in any way. Like, if, especially if they go like six and eleven, seven and ten, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, which is, I think seven and ten is the floor for them. I don't think that they do worse than that. I think they're too good of a roster overall.
0: They are good. I mean, that's, that's the other side of this. Coin. It's just
1: that division is so tough for yeah. one.
0: This is all me speculating yeah. because this I, team I do is think very talented.
1: They it. I think Russ is too good to not keep them in most games. That's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is if you have a good team and a bad quarterback, when you're getting shit tossed or things don't go your way early, there's typically not a way back. If you have a really good quarterback and a average to a little bit subpar team, there's still a chance that he can will you back into that game. Yeah. And I think Russell Wilson's that guy. <laughs> I am not pressing the panic button on Denver right now. Not I there love yet. Javante. And their running back core is good. Melvin Gordon is a solid running back, too. Oh, yeah. And their wide receiving room, I, was, I mean, I am not the biggest believer in Sutton. I mean, he was good the one year with Drew Locke before he got hurt. I mean, like, he's definitely sh- shown flashes to be that guy, but he's not anything that excites me or jumps off the page to me. I love Jerry Judy as a route runner. I think him and Devontae Smith are 1A and 1B for me when it comes to young receivers who could run routes like the entirety of the route tree. I love Jerry Judy. And CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's in that conversation. I think too. you're leaving one out. Nope. Not a single one.
0: <laughs> um, We, again, tangents. We got off on a tangent talking about uh, Denver. but To
1: be fair, though, AJ doesn't really run run routes well. He creates separation with his body well. I mean, I was, granted, you can interpret that into... I would talk about
0: JJ. Oh.
1: I That guy's horrible.
0: What <laughs> are we talking about? Anyway, we should probably talk about this actual game instead of uh, continuing to bullshit about this stuff.
1: Yeah, but that's what we're here for, baby. You're right. But reel us back in. I do um, like it.
0: So I uh, I guess we'll start with Denver, I guess. Um, I'm...
1: Love me. Love me. As much as you're going to hate me to say this, Javante, this I, week.
0: I, I knew you are going to go there. And I was just about to say, I'm actually, I've come around a little bit on Javante. is
1: still out. Warner has not played well this year comparatively to years past. Yeah. Uh, there's just, I mean, San Fran is still a ferocious defense and still one that on paper looks better than most. And you're not going to get, no one's running for 200 on them. You know what I mean? Or no yeah. one's passing for 450 on San Fran by any means. But I do think that there's much more opportunity than people think. I think like, to get yards and score on this defense. I
0: think that normally the way that they split touches between Javante and Melvin Gordon, it would be a concern for me and a lot of other teams, but it seems to me that the way that they split it and the way that they get Javante the ball allows him to be very efficient with those touches. Well, yeah,
1: that's the, I literally was just going to tie into that, so I'm glad that you said that. Last um, year, Javante was arguably the most efficient running back yes. in football when he had the ball, and this year... Um, Week one was a little shaky, but week two went right back to a great efficiency rate. I do think long-term, Javante's going to be fine. It was just one bad week, and people are going to press the panic button because it's the first game of football they've watched in a year.
0: I came into this year thinking that it would be very, very tough for Javante to outperform kind of how he finished last year. And I still, to some extent, I still do feel that way.
1: Obviously, he's going to score more points and do whatever, but he's going to have an increased role as opposed to years past, and it's easier to hide... a high efficiency rate when you get less
0: touches if if Javante Williams if they didn't if they had not re-signed Melvin Gordon and they brought him back in pretty late in the offseason it was not they thought about it yeah
1: they thought about it it was
0: not it's not like they brought Melvin Gordon back right away it was looking for a little while like Javante Williams was going to be the guy he'd have been a first round pick this year
1: if Melvin didn't sign I think he's He's toe probably, to toe with Delvin,
0: he's he's a top. I think he's six toe to toe with Delvin
1: back. on the back end of the first round. Yes, I would consider that. If he was the only guy, especially with Russ coming over, like before, oh, yeah. obviously week one, I I think I would fir- I I could firmly say that I would probably bet on Javante over Delvin at that
0: point. I probably because I got Delvin in two different drafts with a tenth overall pick. I if it was between him and Javante Williams, if Melvin Gordon was not in the picture, would have been. Very tough for me to pass Fuck, up, man. Johnate Williams, he would have he been a just, monster.
1: It's it's just one of those things. He is so efficient when he gets the ball. Yeah. It's almost like a surefire thing. You give this guy more opportunity, all he's going to do is succeed.
0: You know, and the efficiency—if he, you increase the volume, the efficiency is going to go down some. It's not like you can expect him to average you know six six no, yards. You a carry, can't but, expect
1: anyone to. He's not Barry Sanders. But like. if you
0: go, if you take him from a fifty-five forty-five split in touches, and you start giving him seventy-five percent of the work. I mean, I'll take the efficiency loss. And he still
1: has pass-catching upside, too. Like, there is no part about Javante Williams that I don't like as a fan or as, like, an actual person. Like, if I'm looking at it logistically from someone who wants him on my team, there is no reason you should not want Javante Williams on your team. Yeah. No reason.
0: No, uh, I'm I'm softening my stance on him because I was... I I'm, I'm say, very
1: apprehensive with guys like that that get limited workloads and have really high efficiency because it's really easy to have high efficiency when you're only getting and five to eight carries a game and that can be because you break one off yeah that's all you really need then you end up averaging five plus a carry and that's great and that can be very
0: deceiving when you see a guy that's getting 12 touches a game one year but he's but he scores and he's a you know 24 running back overall. Because if he's splitting those touches the same way the following season, it's like if the efficiency declines even just a little bit, that RB24 finish from last year goes down to RB35. Yes. And you still invested a higher pick. And that, I'm, that's I'm where getting to the dicey. point
1: where I am much more about two guys like that as opposed to a Derrick Henry or a Jonathan Taylor I think or it's a Christian going- McCaffrey. That doesn't sustain regardless. And when you lose that... You lose everything The league is, as opposed to losing half of your efficiency. Say AJ Dillon goes down, still got Aaron Jones.
0: The league say, is going that way. Say
1: Nick Chubb goes down, yeah. still have Kareem Hunt. Like it's, it has to go that. And I mean, it's, it's slowly transitioned that way over like the last 10 years. I would yes. say a lot of teams, like starting with like the Lawrence Maroney era, yep. a lot of teams started to run two running back systems because it worked because that is too much to ask of someone to get hit 30 times a game. For now, seventeen games a year, yeah, and then go into the playoffs and expect more, yeah. It's, it, it, that's just too much. Oh, season after season, that's gonna add up. I don't care who you are. Derrick Henry's a fucking freak of an athlete and a freak of a human being overall. And even he, I, I knew it was gonna happen, but it's just one of those things that I, I hope it doesn't happen because wouldn't that be nice? And it hasn't happened yet, so I'm gonna ignorance is bliss kind of a thing. I don't think it's gonna happen, and then last year happens. T- yeah, the, out for half the year and it, it's just one of those things yeah, we got the one seed we were not a one seed by no, any
0: means. God no by any means I don't know how they got there. but no the league we've seen it the league is going that way now where you know the running back by committee or having two I think it has to. two really quality to. running backs versus having you know one guy that gets the ball 25 or 30 times. it's because you can keep them fresh, you see these efficiency numbers mm-hmm. with some of these guys rising and i and think just fantasy code. in terms of fantasy now it's starting to evolve that way as well where people are starting to say you know from a value perspective instead of investing that high high f- draft capital in one guy that you hope is going to get a ton of touches Top if you PPR can y notes you can you can you know if you can find value in in the second third round and this and is
1: it's and I do think that this is very relevant to this year. I think it's starting to change. And I think this year was the first year where it started to change. You had Justin Jefferson going like third overall yeah. in a lot of drafts. Yeah, Jamar is... Chase going super high. Like people are starting to realize it's yes, going the, the biggest value in fantasy is having two good running backs. If you have two top ten running backs at the end of the year, typically you end up probably winning the league or placing top three. You lose the game to go to the championship and win the third place game, or you lose the championship, that kind of a thing. But just the usage rate of the running backs is going down so much to the point where we have to draw the line at some point where, yeah, this guy is the premier running back. But if it's, say, an Aaron Jones, you have the A.J. Dillon in the background, or if it's Christian McCaffrey, who doesn't have a backup, at what point is he going to get hurt, or at what point are they going to start lessening his workload? Yeah, yep. To try to maintain his health for one, and to just consistency as an offense overall.
0: When you see you see offenses throwing the ball at the rate that they're throwing him now, and the it especially this year, it feels like the wide receiver position as a whole the gap between their value and the value of running backs like a top end wide is receiver is a lot higher than years the, past the gap is narrowing mm-hmm. where the wide receivers are starting to catch up now cuz you see guys like a digs that's getting 12 targets a game and he scores you know goes for 150 and three touchdowns not that you can that's obviously it's a little bit of uh, an outlier. outlier yeah however um you're seeing more top end receivers that are finishing the season with 15 1600 receiving yards Quarterbacks throwing for five thousand passing yards or forty five hundred yards is the standard. Or, you know, four thousand is the standard now. Ten years ago, four thousand
1: yard season, you were in the MVP conversation.
0: Ten, ten years ago, if you if you threw for thirty five hundred yards, I mean, you're a top end quarterback.
1: You're you're a starter, and when that season ends, going to the next year, your job isn't questioned. Now people if, aren't looking to see if there's a better option or if there's. You are the guy that they want now if you throw for
0: if you're throwing for less than 3500 yards it's because you're geno smith and you're on the fucking it's an abysmal season it's a bad year
1: between 32 and 3500 if you end with that that's not it's not good you are a fringe starter correct so it's like especially by fantasy standards when
0: the passing volume has gone the direction it's gone the last few years and you you see now especially with ppr because it's it's Obviously, the the PPR value for receivers is way different,
1: and PPR is just getting bigger <clears throat> overall it's for more, leagues. Yes, mm.
0: so it's it's becoming now where it's it's a more of a choice if you're in that four, five, six range of a draft. Okay, do I pick a Delvin Cook or a fucking a Derrick Henry that you know?
1: Or do I want a game breaker and or are you, Jamar Chase? Do you or, take a or receiver
0: I, that is. I think the receivers. Because they're
1: both game breakers, the risk for injury is just so much lower.
0: I. That's exactly what I was just going to say. I think now the risk, I think receivers as a position are becoming the safer option. Yes. It used to be the From running From an injury backs, perspective. The running backs were the safe option because the volume they got and receivers were tough to predict. You know where the targets are going to go, mm-hmm. you have a really good idea now of where these targets are going, especially if it's a wide receiver one. I
1: do think at some point in the next couple of years, this is going to change. It, you're going to see a lot more wide receivers in round one. I,
0: I think you're going to – I think I, – exactly. There is
1: way too many good rookie wide receivers every year. So think about this in three years. Yeah. When you get all the guys from the rookie class, Justin Jefferson's year, Yes. who are going to be now, what, fifth-year players, That's, that is your prime. Yeah. And then every single wide receiver falling back after that the DK Metcalfs the Terry McLaurins the AJ Browns all those guys are going to be top and wide receivers and it really seems like as the wide receiver room gets bigger for stars the running back room gets smaller
0: yeah yep that's that's i think where it's going i think we're just rounding the corner i guess if you want to call there's it very that now. few
1: bona fide guarantees who no injury history sustains sustained success and like a decent that that and the biggest thing they have the running back room to themselves and that almost never happens anymore right
0: yep so i so i, think I
1: do think there's a changing of the guard happening right now in f- where it will be more it, wide receiver heavy in the next I, I couple years. I think in
0: five years, I think it's going to be a lot more common to see wide receivers number being picked number one overall, and I think it's going to be a lot more common to see four, five, six, seven wide receivers maybe picked in the first round. Now, do
1: I think running backs in the first round are just going to fall off the face of the earth and people aren't going to take them? No. They're still going to having your, having your number one running back is still going to be exponentially bigger than having your number two wide receiver, or your number one wide receiver, excuse me. But because there's so many bona fide superstars at the top end of the wide receiver class as opposed to the running back class, you're going to see a lot less reaches on running back in the first round. Yeah. And not necessarily reaches, but just <clears throat> guaranteeing that you're going to get a producive player in the first round, which is, I mean, adds to the fact that you can't win your fantasy league in the first round, but you can lose it and guaranteeing yourself a productive player in the first round. If it has to be a wide receiver, I think a lot of people
0: are going to start siding yeah. with that. I think the as the value of a top like elite level wide receiver rises, um, the pendulum is already swinging in that direction mm-hmm. in terms of like where the draft picks are going to be going. So um, I, again, another tangent. It just
1: it's very interesting though.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel the like landscape this is a tangent changing.
1: that's worth having the conversation about though, this because is, it is very interesting that. It went from if you essentially, if especially if you have a top six pick, if you don't take a running back, you're typically handcuffing yourself because now you're not getting an option of a running back till the back end of round two. And in that instance, like say this year, you're lucky. To maybe get a DeAndre Swift, maybe, and that's like if that's dream scenario at the back end of round two. Yeah, the <clears throat> and at I mean, like, yeah, gr- that's great through two weeks. But I'm saying, I'm talking preseason when you're doing with all that, you don't feel great about that. Whereas in a couple years, I think that
0: you're fine with that. Yeah, I think um, I my I know. For me specifically, my my strategy next year is going to be vastly different, I think, from what I've done in years past. I've always been running back heavy. I think next year I'm going to be much more open to taking a wide receiver because you see the difference makers that are out there right now mm-hmm. and what they can do. And, you know, I think it is especially, again, in PPR, because I, I typically play more PPR leagues or half point at least, you see a lot more games where a wide receiver is putting up a 40-point game or a 35-point game than you're going to see a running back putting up a 35-point game. Because um, you can, if, if for a wide receiver, if they're getting 10 receptions for 150, there's 15.
1: 20, it's 25 right it's there. 25,
0: the 25 right there. And they don't even have to score a touchdown. But if they're having a game like that, they're probably getting in the end zone at least once.
1: And I think that, Running Part backs, they got to score three times to get there. Especially for me, I, I 100% agree with that statement, but I think a lot of fans can say this, especially from other teams who say you're a fan of Carolina or a fan of the Giants early when you had Saquon or a fan of Dallas when Zeke was that guy. I'm kind of a, in the recency bias area where I've seen the running back do that. I'm being like, wow, Derek Henry is that good if he's that like that guy when it comes to that like he can score 40 and i'm comfortable having that because you get the best of both worlds you have a solid running back one whose floor is like 15 plus and he does have that big playability and i think that because i'm a titans fan and i've watched that so many times that i have that recency bias where i'm justifying it to myself that a running back that is a top end guy can do that where it's becoming so much less common now yeah i i
0: I think just on the whole that the, – I've the just whole... seen it
1: too many times from Derek where I th- can justify it to myself, and I don't think that that's fair to hold other people to that standard.
0: Uh, the, the, the landscape is just – it's definitely changing. Um, wide receivers are becoming more valuable, and I think it's only going to continue. Um, so, I mean, obviously, at this point this season, nothing that you can do. But I think going forward, it's, it's going to be a lot more common to see wide receivers being picked high and people waiting on running backs until the – Late first or second and third round. Yeah, I think
1: that early, that late first to early second is where you're going to get a lot of value from the running back position Correct.
0: going forward. Yep. Um, well, we got one more game we haven't talked about yet, so we should get this one out of the way before we get into Shines Pines Borderlines real quickly before we wrap this thing up because we've already gone pretty long. Um. Cowboys, Giants, I think we should. For the most part, mm-hmm. the Giants. It's what you're talking about, Saquon, and that's probably pretty much it.
1: Yeah, I think this is a good bounce back game for Saquon too.
0: I I still think he's going to be a top ten running. He'll back be this fine. Season.
1: It's just, I mean, everyone has dud games regardless of how yeah. good of a season you have. Even Derek, when he ran for 2K, had a couple games where you're like, eh, he's don't love that. Sa- Saquon's going to be fine. I'm, I'm sure AP had it. the same thing when he ran for 2K. There's probably one or two games where he got shut down to, not even shut down. It was probably like a 21 for 78 and a touchdown when, as when, opposed
0: to. You see, AP, 15
1: for 170 and 3, you know what I mean? Like when was...
0: when he did that, like when, when Peterson did that, when he went for 2,000, it was almost all in the last, like, 10 games of the year. He went – he was averaging, like, 100 and fucking 80 yards per game for, like, the, the last six games. It was something ridiculous. Um, Saquon's going to be fine. He's going to get tons of touches. And for running backs, we say it all the time, volume is king. Um, Dallas' defense
1: is abysmal, too. It's they're not, not – be... I mean – they relied so much on the turnover last year that it masked so many imperfections in that defense. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. They, they, I'm so fine starting Saquon this week. Yeah.
0: No, Dallas finished last year defensively where they did only because they had so many touchdowns, and, and you can never bank on that many no. scores from a defense. Ever, no. ever, ever. Um,
1: they scored more touchdowns than probably 40% of running backs last year.
0: Honestly, they probably Which did. Which is insane. They honestly probably did. I don't know how I, many running backs looking. had
1: 10 tutties, yeah. but it's not
0: many. Probably not that many of them. No, for Maybe sure. 10. Um, Maybe 10. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there weren't that Especially many Especially
1: with Henry and McCaffrey being out all year.
0: And and Derek still had 10.
1: Derek did have 10. You're right. Um, Isn't that so, fucking... God, dude. What could have been? Yeah. God, I hate it here.
0: <laughs> um, so other than Saquon don't touch anyone on the Giants right no, now uh, not
1: Kadarius Tony is going to be a game time decision he said he's going to play on Twitter but yeah a lot I, of it. still just an attention grab he's, I, until I see that man in pads and running the routes and having the coach head nod at him saying yeah you can play I don't trust him and even when I do I don't like Daniel Jones
0: he's questionable on talent yeah, we'll leave it at that. We love that. Um, and we even, love that. Even on the Dallas, my boy Alex. <laughs> even on the Dallas side of things, it's like the like you're starting CD, but I don't. I don't feel great about it with Cooper Rush there. I know they they're gonna try to get him involved, obviously, but um, he severely rush severely limits the upside of of lamb dalton schultz got banged up last week i don't know if he'll play i think he probably will oh, but even,
1: yeah even last year the um, one game he started that we watched i was at the game in minnesota when he, yeah when he played him and cooper rush looked fine i mean he wasn't horrible by any means but right. he wasn't like holy shit this guy actually might have a future in the nfl right and amari cooper didn't succeed in that game from a fantasy perspective until the last drive of the game when he caught a game when he touched down And outside of that, I think he had, like, 5 for 75 at a touchdown. So, without that catch for, like, 20 yards and a touchdown, you're looking at a 4 for 45 game with zero touchdowns, 4 for 55 game with zero touchdowns. Depending on how many yards that last catch was, I don't really know. But that's not consistent enough for me to love Cooper Rush from the wide receiver perspective, CD's going to get his but to what extent?
0: I th- I honestly I think CD's ceiling as long as Cooper Rush is there is probably about 20.
1: And that's if he has a the a fucking insane game and yeah. that's 100% if that happens, that's with like a 50 plus yard or touchdown. He's
0: he's probably like he's probably capped at 20 to 25 points. Um Zeke and Pollard because they're going to be getting split touches, I th- I don't know who to trust in that backfield. Nobody. Zeke's going to get the goal line touches when they get there, but he's just not. He's had too much wear and tear.
1: They're, and they're well, they're also too comparative from a skill level to bank
0: on either. And and i i are they're, be-
1: they're both better than each other but in different ways yeah it just it's just one of those that you can't win they're two
0: totally different players you just so have they're...
1: to gamble and when your dice roll happens whatever guy you end up putting in your lineup has to be the right guy and it's a 50 50 shot you can't yeah. predict who yes. they're going to use more or who's going to have a better game
0: they're they're two totally different players and for that reason they eat into each other's value a little bit yeah and... there's
1: just no indicator at who's going to be the better player. i think
0: Not having Dak there hurts Zeke the most because I agree. I agree. You're not gonna get the scoring opportunities and that's where he was gonna Dak
1: also trusts him. They came in the lead together, they had a hell of a first season together. Him and and Zeke are really good friends and rely on each other to make that offense work. And if if he's not there, that trust isn't there.
0: If they if they go from having you know, if Zeke goes from having fucking, you know, maybe three red zone trips in a game to one or maybe two on average upside
1: limits that that severely
0: severely limits his upside. And that's where he was going to make up any value that that he has lost is scoring touchdowns. Yes, I agree. So, you know, I, we talked about how much we liked Zeke before the season, because he finished, you know, RB six last year with a, with a hurt knee. You take Dak out of the equation now. And it's like, okay, that's not possible anymore. Mm -hmm. And and obviously Prescott's going to come back and I, we'll see what it looks like when he gets back. I'm sure Zeke will be fine you'll be able to play him um until then but i think for the the short term i think him and pollard both have about equal value and i don't like either one all that much uh unless we see the running game really start to open up a little bit um i would still be okay with starting either one as a as a flex or if you have to like a rb2 or something like that um but you have to your expectations have to be lowered Obviously, at this point you can't you can't trust that offense to put thirty points on the board um so it's it's outside of lamb Schultz Zeke and Pollard I don't like any part of that offense right now a ton yeah, I'm okay with playing any of them but if you if your roster has some depth to it, it's not a bad idea to look in other directions also. All right. Um. So we've gotten through the games, and we should quickly get into our Shine Pine borderline picks for the week before we put a bow on this thing and, yeah, and call it quits. Um. So I'll run through my my week three picks, and then we'll get to you next. Uh. My Shine of the week. I got Miles Sanders. I kind of mentioned how much <laughs> I liked him against uh, Washington this week. Washington's defense is not good for fantasy purposes, especially against the running backs. Um, They are the third worst in the league. They're allowing just over 26 points per game to opposing running backs. And I mentioned how thus far in the first two weeks, Sanders is actually kind of dominating the touches in that group. Uh, I think there's a ton of upside for him this week because if he can get 20 touches again, and Philly's offense is good enough to get up and run the ball after
1: the fact, or just Correct. consistently stay in the game and continue to run the ball.
0: They can, they can run the ball Either as, game
1: script works well for them.
0: They, they can run the ball as well as they want to with Jalen hurts doing what he's doing as well. So I think there's a ton of room for Sanders to, to go out and, and really put some points on the board this week. I think this is going to be his by far his best week of the, of the year. I think he gets into the twenties. I think he finishes in RB one territory. Um, and I I would feel comfortable putting money on that one. Like it's it's a great matchup for him. I think it's a really good opportunity for him to to really make a statement and say, "No, I'm 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 the guy in this group. Like give me the fucking ball." Who do you think you are? I am. Uh my pine picks of the week. I actually got two of them and they're both tied to the same offense. Oh. It's Jeff Wilson and Brandon Ayuk. And it's both of them are for the same reason. Uh Denver's defense is really good against both of those position groups so far. In fact, Denver's defense against running backs and wide receivers are allowing, they're the best defense in the league for fantasy. They're allowing nine points per game to opposing running backs and 15.5 and for opposing receivers, and that's uh, a pretty pretty wide margin. Um, against wide receivers, the next closest team is New York, the Giants, and they're 18 Little over eighteen points per game. So there's a few points per game difference so far um, between the next best team and running backs as well. Um, the Rams are right there, and Tampa's right there as well. But Denver's defense is really, really good uh, against both so far this year. So I think I think both of them are you you, you probably are okay starting them. However. It's, it's a tough matchup, man. It's tough to trust. And and one of them might get theirs, but I think there's a definite chance that both are going to disappoint you uh, just based on kind of what the expectation is that for the two of them going forward. Um, I know Wilson's kind of viewed as, you know, RB2 sort of territory, and, and Brandon Ayuk is probably right around wide receiver three maybe with wide receiver two upside because – debo is sort of in the hybrid role and Ayuk looks pretty good last week actually so you know they're they're gonna get their touches but i'm just worried about i'm worried about this week in particular i think i just think it's a tough matchup so i would i would lean towards finding other options if i have either one of those two in my lineup i i also don't think that you've invested so much in either one of these two picks that you can't afford to sit them on the bench you sure. probably have somebody else that you can plug in that has a, a better chance of giving you some production and then my borderline pick is tua against buffalo
1: borderline
0: it's borderline because they have
1: no passing defense he'll be fine
0: and and so that's where i'm that's that's why i'm on the fence because buffalo's defense when they're healthy is the best in the league i don't think it's a question however you mentioned this they're very beat up in the back end and miami's weapons offensively you know between hill and waddle are scary like very very good probably one of the best well, if not the best wide receiver tandem in the league right now and so that that's where that's where the borderline you know label comes in for me with Tua this week because buffalo's defense is good enough that they could shut them down the the problem is that the the pass rush is beat up with you know ed oliver not being there Harris or not harrison phillips but um fuck the other lineman or linebacker i forget uh but but they're not there the the secondary's beat up you know micah hides out for the year poyer's questionable Tre'Davious white still not back from his, his knee injury from last year uh there's reasons to believe that to a they could have a great game there's no doubting that at all but Buffalo's defense is still Buffalo's defense as well and they also have talent in other positions. Um so I think that's where it's like, you know, a lot of people see Tua coming off of last week and think like, oh shit, you know, Miami's legit, they're for real. Tua is a starter. He probably will be. Um but I think I think this is going to be a potential for letdown. I I'll call it that. But the reason he's on my borderline pick is because you, know. He, you could also mm-hmm. see him throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns this week because of the injuries. So I just I don't know quite how to feel about Tua. So there you have it. There's my picks for the week.
1: All right. Well, I'll roll right into mine. We got uh, my first guy for shine. <clears throat> first, the 32nd best. I shouldn't say worst. 32nd best tight end defense in the league. Arizona. Uh, Let me some Tyre Higby this week. Uh, we talked about a lot of streaming tight ends going forward and throughout the duration of this probably, what, a, almost two-hour episode. Uh, yes, there's, there Come are up. some solid tight ends available on streaming capabilities, that kind of thing. And if you didn't take either Kelsey, Kittle, Mark Andrews at the top end of your draft... Or even if you did take a top-end tight end like a Kyle Pitts and you want a better start here, I think Higby is the perfect option. Arizona is worse against the tight end. They're averaging almost 20 points a game to a tight end. And the ball needs to be spread in L.A. Cooper Cup can't be your only option. Van Jefferson's still out. Uh, the running back situation is a huge question mark right now. Yeah. I think that one of the only consistent things outside of Cooper Cup right now is Tyler Higby. And Arizona's defense has been horrible against at the tight end, so I see no reason why Higby doesn't have a huge game this week. I actually love Tyler Higby this week. Uh, my second shine is Damian Pierce versus Chicago. Uh, like we talked about during the pregame matchup, Chicago is a dumpster fire. They don't know what's going on. They game script on offense poorly, which means that the other team gets the ball. I think right now they're at 63 to 67% of the game the first two weeks. I think it was 63 and 67, which is way too much if you're trying to win a football game. The other team can't have the ball that much. Um, The game script, if it goes that way, will bode for Damian Pierce because, one, he's getting more touches, and two, Houston's not as bad as people say that they are on paper, and Chicago is. I think this is very comparable skill levels for football teams. And if Damian Pierce can get an increased workload like he's continued to got or to get from week one to week two, if that continues to increase, I think this guy's the limit. I think Damian Pierce scores his first touchdown this week, and I think he has a hell of a game versus Chicago. I love that.
0: I think because they're both two similar teams, it'll be a close enough game that he should warrant a ton of touches.
1: Mm-hmm. And my third one, this doesn't really need to be mentioned because you kind of talked about it, uh, the Miami wide receivers versus the Bills. I think they both go off. I just think there's... Too much of a skill gap in talent there between the two of them, and who's going to have to end up covering him, Kyrie Elam and whoever their backup is. I mean, Elam was a first round draft pick, but he didn't look great, and he really looked bad in week one. And Miami, I really think Miami is turning the page here. I think Miami is going to be a force to be reckoned with, and I think that they're going to keep pace with the Bills for longer than people expect this year. I do think, obviously, this is the Bills division to lose, but I think miami's a guaranteed guaranteed wild card spot
0: yeah i do too i don't think this division is going to be a cakewalk for buffalo no people i don't they're
1: going to be on their heels for a lot longer than they want and it's going to get uncomfortable and then the other shine that i have just to i've already mentioned on a lot but to briefly mention on is i think darren waller gets it back on track against tennessee uh my pine of the week well, like I averted to earlier, like I probably will with all of these players, Aaron Jones versus Tampa Bay. He's had abysmal games over with Tampa over the last couple years. It's already a split backfield, and you don't know who's going to succeed, and I think this game's going to get ugly. Um From a pass-catching perspective, I don't know how much they're going to rely on him because I think it's going to be a tight game going forward and it's just going to be a ground-and-pound. I don't know that any running back scores, but I think if a running back scores for Green Bay, it's going to be a goal-line touch, and for that reason, I'm betting on A.J. Dillon. And I very firmly am out on Aaron Jones this week unless I absolutely have to play him, and a lot of people do because of how high you were drafted him. But if you have better options, like, say, a Damian Pierce on the bench – as weird as it is to say, or like weird as it is to actually remove him from your lineup, I think that you're going to have a better scoring fantasy week if you play like a Damian Pierce over an Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones will be my pine of the week, and I'm pretty firm on that. To be I, quite honest,
0: I, I feel pretty similarly to that one. I think, well, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Tampa's run defense is really good, and Aaron Jones has struggled with them in the years past. So I, <clears throat> I hate that I would say like, well, you should bench him, but. Um, If you have a strong RB3, I would say go for that.
1: Yeah, I just And my borderline actually stays in the same game and actually at the same position, too. It's playoff Lenny on the other side of the ball. Green Bay's run defense is stout. And not having your two wide receiver options is going to force you to have a lot more stacked boxes in the front. Um, Mike Evans... Obviously is just suspended. Nothing's wrong with him. Godwin was already gonna be out, but losing Mike Evans for this week as well it limits so much that Tampa can do from an offensive perspective. Yep. And I think they're gonna face a lot more stacked boxes and a lot more pressure on Brady because yeah, he's the king of getting the ball out quick, but who is he getting the ball out quick to? Scotty Miller and like these Colby, guys in the world that Colby's aren't, yeah, aren't going to sustain. I mean, I do love that signing, but I don't think that it's enough to get just get him by against a tough defense like no, Green Bay. So I, I don't even think that Lenny is a bad football player or that he's not going to have opportunity. I just think he's going to face too many stacked boxes to do anything with the opportunity he's going to get. So do I? Could I see him having a decent game because he is one of the only offensive options that they have? Yes. Do I think that he's going to have one? Most likely not. So I'm kind of on the borderline with Lenny, and so that is why he is my borderline player of the week.
0: Yeah, I, I feel that because I think there's you know there's some touchdown upside because he's their goal line guy, right? Yeah, right? I mean
1: he's the only guy at this point.
0: Yep. So I I actually. I, Almost every name he brought up, I completely agree with on this one uh, yeah. for this week. I, I think Fournette is totally up in the air because you could get him. You could see him get shut down because it could be. Uh, he just,
1: it's and it's not even that he's a bad running back or that he's playing a super stout defense. It's just going to be the front that he's facing based on what they have available on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Exactly, it's less to do with him that it is just the situation around him at the moment. All right. Well, we we went a little long this week, but you know we. You
1: know. Oh no, more fancy football podcasts to listen oh, to. Obama, oh no. Oh my
0: God, your life's so fucking hard. Yeah, no, Um. I just really enjoy doing this. So it's it's hard yeah. sometimes not to get off on those fucking It doesn't feel like podcasted
1: for probably two hours. So. so.
0: Um, but at any rate, uh, that's our week three shit. Godspeed so. to you and all of your
1: teams. I hope you are doing better mentally than I am doing because I'm in a bad place. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ryan's having a tough season so far.
1: It will be a tough season. I, I, and the thing is, I don't think that it's just a tough start. It's, I think it's going to be tough this it's, season.
0: It's Malik Willis' season. Next season.
1: <laughs> when we get offensive line help and yeah. maybe a pass-catching running back and a wide receiver who doesn't fumble a punt every week and... Um,
0: corners that can cover. Corners and...
1: outside of a first-round pick wasted that either tear their ACL or say their knee hurts every week.
0: An offensive lineman that... I'm hurt. pretty
1: sure A.J. Brown's on the defensive side of the football
0: right now. It's Caleb Farley. <laughs> a, a, so. a, a defensive lineman other than Jeffrey Simmons that can actually do something. Yes. And uh, uh, the $20 million
1: dollar man, Bud Dupree getting eight sacks last year. Yeah, there's there's just a lot going wrong in Tennessee right now, so it's hard <laughs> for me to stay excited, but I will say, the first two weeks have been pretty solid from a football perspective. It is a lot of exciting games and a lot of question marks for teams that we thought were going to be solid. So I think that this season is going to be fun just in a much different way than I expected.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I said this last time, it's been a weird year so far and I don't know how to feel about it, but it's going to get weirder. Yeah, it probably will. It's the NFL. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate having you in uh, listening, and we will get back to you next week with all of your Colin Kaepernick, recap. the Week Six starter for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I would love to see that. And with that being
1: said, we will bid you adieu. Good night.